This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Incredibles 2. Unlike Frozone, I've got my super suit. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, I'm actually on time for once. There you go. (laughs) Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back to other film movie topics. This is episode 327. 327. It really feels like we're at 340-something, but we've just had a lot of bonus episodes, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, But... This is 327, and this week we're talking Incredibles 2. No subtitle. No this yeah, week. No, yeah. yeah, there's, no, there's <laughs> nothing after it. <laughs> Long pause for that. Um, but yeah, joining us today to discuss Incredibles 2, we have from Endor Express, he got to this podcast ASAP, it's David, yeah? Hello, hello. Also joining us, the senior editor for Movie Bill, he's now washed his hands with soap, it's Todd Gilchrist. Hi guys, how's it going? Good. But the question is, did he dry them? Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> it's wet hand Todd. That's, that's what we have going. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that is, uh, that's his cowboy know, name. I, I told you guys not to mention my nickname on the air, but um, <laughs> we can proceed hand. anyway. <laughs> well, he'll be your Huckleberry. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, how how are the two of you guys doing this evening? We're great. We're good. Awesome. Good. Glad to hear it. Yeah. yeah. Happy to be I'll here. Settle, I'll settle with good. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> all right. Well. We'll, we'll, we'll wait for the great ones. Yeah, you know, some days, well, yeah. <laughs> we, we want to have a good show, so we're off to a good start already. Um, let's get to some show notes stuff real quick. Uh, first up, iTunes reviews and ratings. It is good to get those. Uh, it is good to help out our show by logging onto iTunes and searching for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can do just that thing, and then you can give us a star rating. That'd be, that'd be awesome. You can even write us a written review. That'd be even greater. That would be very, very kind. I think that we have more listeners than we have uh, you know, people that are willing to write. But if you're willing to write it, we're willing to share it and shout you out because we love those reviews. So thank you. Uh, what else? Uh, new commentary track. Every month we do a new commentary track for this podcast. And this month for Jurassic June, as I've been calling it, we did a Jurassic Park commentary. Um, which was a lot of fun. Brandon, Scott Mendelson, and I, we uh, jumped on here and we talked all about Jurassic Park for two hours with the movie. That's up on iTunes and Audio Boom now. Feel free to take a listen, because it is a good one. Speaking of big blockbuster movies, our Summer Gamble is in full force. The seventh annual <laughs> Summer Gamble, that is. Uh, Incredibles 2 debuted this weekend, Abe. Whopping, it, it, uh, it debuted pretty well. <laughs> a $180 million debut for Incredibles 2. That's uh, Kudos. That's a that's a good chunk of change. That's gonna. I think that that's uh that goes to the whole entire notion of what you and Scott had did, done with Finding Dory, um, so I'm glad that I took you guys at a, your advice from back in the day and applied it to this summer. Just a lot of things came together to make this into quite the monetary success, at least in this opening weekend. Who knows? It could just drop off horrendously next weekend. That won't happen. Let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's where we stand. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that it will. <laughs> just Sorry, drop off precipitously. <laughs> if it's a 70% drop, I'm blaming it on you. Uh, well, that's fine. I, I will have orchestrated it. You don't know what I'm doing right now. I'm I'm in the dark web working in strange, mysterious things. A trailer that we're not talking about this week, Unfriended Dark Web. <laughs> I wonder if that played in front of any incredible screenings. That would be awful. <laughs> um... <laughs> 
Let's actually, you know what? A contest. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I have a new contest. Um, yeah. I have in my possession the um, digital download codes for all four Jurassic Park movies. Um, I have those, um, and I figured, why not do a cool contest in relation to Jurassic Park and Jurassic World: Colon Fallen Kingdom and all that jazz? Um, and so I figured this, and I'll restate this as we kind of—I'll put this on the Facebook page and all that as well, and we'll put this <laughs> on next week's podcast. We'll give it to like the end of the month, I'd say, for this. Um, okay. What if our listeners could create us a dinosaur? Create us a dinosaur? Yes. Now, by that I mean you can draw a dinosaur and or. I don't know, use some kind of software or what have you, or, or even just get a bunch of random images and paste them together in some way and name it and submit it to us via email or on the Facebook page or through the Twitters. Um, on email. I'm not going to lie. I think with our fan and listeners, uh, it's going to be some weird ones. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy to, I can't wait. Happy can't to get wait some dinosaurs. I can to be on like a Triceratops. <laughs> yeah, well. If you uh, want to participate, do that. Do just that thing. You can email us at notpodcast.gmail.com. You can uh, send us a message over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash notpodcast, or you can tweet at us, twitter.com slash notpodcast, underscore podcast. Create us a dinosaur. I think it'd be pretty cool. If you create us a dinosaur, we'll pick a, we'll pick a lucky winner, and we'll give them the, uh, the download codes to some Jurassic Park movies. There you go. It's a pretty cool. Or it'd be really fun if you just read out the codes and see who gets to them first. <laughs> I have plenty of other digital download <laughs> codes for <laughs> other movies. <laughs> You know, I feel like it's going to be you, David. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have my computer on right now on Prime. You know what the secret is already. <laughs> I really need that Jurassic Park 3 code. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll restate that again. I'll put that in the Facebook post and stuff as well. But I yeah. mean, he gets away from the Tyrannosaurus by putting its pee on himself. You, you good with Jurassic Park 3 jokes, Abe? Yeah. You, you good? <laughs> yeah, let's finish. <laughs> really made Tracy. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I'll uh, I'll emphasize that contest again as we go on. But yeah, let's let's give that to the end of the month, and we'll just see what kind of dinosaurs we get in. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to know everybody. We're each we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast. We better get to know no. everybody. That's all right. You did? said said a little soft, Dave. God, I'm not gonna lie. Oh, did I? Everybody. <laughs> that's what I that's what I said. All right. I have a question for you guys. Uh, what super villain motive did you really respect? You know, I. I honestly respect Thanos's. I know that it's recent, but he had a plan, and he he basically was like, "I just want to complete this one thing, and then I'll be done." And he stuck to his word. Fair enough. Uh, I would say Killmonger for sure. Um, I mean, he he's probably one of the best uh, Marvel villains that they've ever created, or you know, brought into the movies or whatever. But certainly, his motivations were ones that I could understand in a much more uh, palpable way than most of the rest, but uh, quite frankly, like if I could think of one that w- that was sort of the opposite of that, where somebody was just like, I just like being an evil asshole, and uh, and I want to you know inflict damage because I'm mean. Um, I think I would kind of respect that too, because I feel like we've we've gone maybe too far in the wrong di- it, 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 in an understandable direction, but but it, to me it's like, oh, does every villain have to have like a deeply rooted uh, motivation that is so uh, un- com- we understand with some degree of like empathy. I'm like, no, he can just be like a jerk who wants to be in control. It, it's funny because my my answer is Killmonger. Also, I think that's it, it's a villain where I, I get what's going on here, and regardless of how willingly I'd go along with his actual plan, the motivation is certainly sure. something to respect. Yeah. But I was just watching. This is not a superhero movie. I was just watching uh, Trading Places um, with Eddie Murphy yeah. and Aykroyd. 
and the uh, the Donnie Michi and Ralph Bellamy characters. That's their whole thing. Oh, it's yeah. just like, you know what? I'm just gonna bet a dollar that I a can dollar. do this thing. How about that? Let's just let's just see how that goes. And yeah, they just yeah. they ruin a person's life <laughs> in order to accomplish this. There's no like other motivation beyond, hey, we're old and rich. What else can we do with our day? <laughs> and it's well, like you know, that's that's Dan what it comes down to. soft hands. It's, that's... It, that, it's the kind of it, it's the kind of thing where it's like why couldn't Lex Luthor's plan just be that like instead of some elaborate thing and that Batman Vizier meant why couldn't it just be like you know what those two seem really powerful what if they just fought what if I just made just them destroy fight? them together like what if that was his yeah. whole play it's just like I want to see those guys fight like yeah. that that would be something I could easily get behind as far as a wild plan from a so so ridiculous so you prefer you prefer them to have the Ken Watanabe. Uh you know, phrase of let them fight. Okay, I get it. Well, if he said that phrase, I'd like the idea that he's franchise building, for one thing. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah. David, how about you? Do you have any uh, super villain? Super villain uh, uh, you know what? The, a recent one that I kind of liked the way they did it was Vulture from Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. He's kind of... Uh, blue collar. He's, he's mainly... Yeah, blue collar. He's just trying to survive, and he's trying to make money. He's trying to protect his family. I mean... I think he could have handled a little better, but uh, I kind of, <laughs> you know, but, but I kind of I kind of like the different angle they they went with that. Yeah. it was I gave a little him, bit I gave more. Him a lot of props. Yeah, it was a little bit more believable in this current Marvel Cinematic Universe for that kind of villain to exist. Right. It's almost like in these recent Marvel films, they've gotten better with handling the villains. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, Way better than Ronan the Accuser. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got a question for you guys. Sure. Sure. Uh, how long is too long for a sequel? As in, or, between, or is it, or is it totally fine? Whenever, yeah, in between. This so Incredibles is fourteen years. Some of them are just like a year after. But uh, is it ever too long? Or you know, what's your what's your thought on that? I, if there's a good movie, there it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, if you know, I, I'm not. Well, I would say I'm not sure I agree with that. And I think, quite frankly, Incredibles is a good example of. I think, uh, you know, as good as much of the movie is. Like, I think that like. We, when we get into actually talking about the movie, like I think that's a thing. I think it's I think it's very relevant when the movie's set as opposed to when it was made. You know, in relation to the first one, and I I do think that <clears throat> I mean actually a conversation I was having last week about the Avatar sequels is that you know you get as much of a phenomenon as the first one was. I, I was like I feel like James Cameron waited too long, and I feel like I'm, I'm which is why I'm deeply skeptical about how successful the new ones can be because I feel like it was for a movie that was such a hit. It didn't leave a significant enough cultural footprint that I think that people are going to be like, Oh, I definitely want to see this immediately. Whereas if they had done it after like two or three years, they would be like, Oh hell yeah, I'll go back. Now they're like, we've moved on to other things. I mean, it's like literally a different almost generation of moviegoers who are going to be watching it. But don't you trust the idea that James Cameron's banking on that aspect? Like, do you think he's blind to the idea that he hasn't made the sequel since you know, in over 10 years at this point? I mean, you know, I mean, I, I certainly always am open-minded and reserve the right to, to, to be open-minded about like how, whatever his idea is and how good it could be. I think, but you know, it's like, I was having conversations with somebody where they're just like, Oh, you can bet on James Cameron. I think you absolutely can, but you know, he's not an infallible storyteller or filmmaker. I mean, like, you know, the first one was good, but it's like, if he's going his, to go all in to put all of his resources into making three or four or however many sequels to me, like I think he's let let that soil go fallow a little bit. Okay. And I think he needed to have done something to 
maintain or you know uh, sustain audience interest in that franchise. Right. I, I, I just uh, I don't want to spend too much time on Avatar, but I think depending on when the movie the sequel takes place will make a big difference on that because and depending on what kind of story he's trying to tell because he could still wow us with a t- a trailer that is just like wow I haven't I wasn't expecting that for an Avatar sequel now I'm back in. But if you do it too soon, well, I think we were all avatared out if, if you made it too soon. So it, with that one, it's a kind of a weird one. There's no right answer with Avatar. I think that's like a, we just have to wait and see for that one. Yeah, but, yeah I agree. Yeah. The theme park seems to be pretty popular. I'm just, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I just, I tend I to be, I tend to be point. very optimistic when it comes to Cameron, just because he hasn't really let me down in this regard. I, I, I understand that the concept of, yes, he's not infallible. I, I and he's certainly, he has well, a way of speaking we'll that what... can rub people the wrong way. I'm not beyond understanding that. It is. Yeah. Well. It it takes we'll a lot to say we'll like what... I'm going to make four sequels to this movie and you better see them. It's like well he probably has some ideas of how he wants to accomplish this. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Titanic two. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't still, wait. Titanic two still sunken. Still sunken. <laughs> yeah, two Titanic. Green light it. That's the way to go. That's Move, the way to go. Moving on. The, sit, the boat didn't really sink. No, David, we're, we want to hear, keep hearing you talk about Teutonic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. All right. Let's move on then. Okay. That ship has sailed. <laughs> oh. All right. That's how you play. No, no everybody. everybody. Let's move on now. Let's get to Anna Quickies. Each week out now, we move to the Quickies. Trademark. I moved quickly through that one. Let's get Very to this. Good. Abe, have you seen any other movies recently? I watched Hotel Artemis, and oh, yeah? I think that, yeah, I think it's okay. I, I think that there are certainly Judy Foster is doing some of her more recent very good work in it, um, because it kind of is a story centered around her. But uh, as far as the uh, the characters go, there's way too many characters for the time the runtime, so it kind of really takes some of the mysticism that you could get from uh, Sterling K. Brown or from Sophia Botella kind of out of the story. It's it's fine. I think it's like kind of a uh, a rental, but um, yeah, it's it's all right. That's it. That's all. Yep. All right, uh, David. How about you? Have you seen any other movies recently? Yeah, I revisited the, the original, uh, The Incredibles. Love it still. It's one of my favorite Pixar movies. I also went to see uh, or watched Lady Bird, which I missed the first time around. Oh. Uh, it's it's good, but it's an hour and a half movie that feels like it's two and a half hours for some reason. I don't. Interesting. I, um, but yeah, it's it's really well thought out, but uh, maybe not my movie for revisits, but I appreciate it. And I also watched Revisited Black Panther again. Cool. And uh, yeah, that's it. I don't think we need to hear me about Black Panther. <laughs> 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 All right. Todd, how about you? What have you seen recently? Um, I, well, I watched Hereditary yesterday, actually. Yeah. And? Uh, I loved it. Uh, Ooh, I'm okay. not. I'm actually not a hundred percent sure about like the last couple of like the last scene. Um, there's something about it that, as much as I loved everything else, and I felt like it was really intense. Like I'm, it like I don't know. I, I think I wanted maybe it to end on more of a scare than on this sort of other thing. But mm-hmm. um, but I mean, it's an amazing movie. It's I I sort of joked uh, that it's like if you're, you know, that meme, um, the galaxy brain meme. I'm like if the if the regular if the regular brain is like House of the Devil and then like the smart brain is like Kill List, Galaxy Brain is Hereditary. 
And I was kind of like, and I, I, I really, I like, I, it's, it's amazing. Really, really good filmmaking, you know, wonderfully acted and amazingly photographed. It's, it's really pretty terrific. It's like, I, I think I'm kind of right in, right in the same place of you. Where I don't think it's this kind of new horror classic in the same way that some yeah. people promoted it, but I do, I, I do really like it. I do think it's, there's a lot to recommend there as far as exactly the things that you're saying. Um, but yeah, I, for sure. And I look forward to seeing it again. Honestly, I think there's yeah. I'm actually less on it than more. Aaron and you are, and I still think that there are things that are interesting to see in it. But uh, I agree with you on the end there. I kind of wish that things had gone a little more haywire. Yeah, yeah. It it just almost crosses a little bit, almost into camp in a way that, mm. that the rest of the movie to me like works in a very straightforward way. Where I'm like, okay, you 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 are really going for it. Yeah. It go, I don't want to get too into Hereditary. This is an Incredibles podcast. <laughs> we have a whole podcast we talked about Hereditary. We gotta go. Yeah, we gotta go. Okay. Um, I've seen a few things uh, this week. Um, I saw Tag, the other, uh, I guess, big release of the week. Um, not good. <laughs> I was, was not big on Tag. Um, I think there's a lot of funny people in there that are just kind of allowed to wing it um, a little bit too much. And I don't think the... I just... I, it doesn't really become anything more than it is it's just kind of like hey let's put all these people in the scenes and they'll be funny and then we'll kind of try something and then whatever uh i think something like game night which i'm not as huge on as i know some other people are but i like i think the direction in game night which is because both of these are kind of action comedies to the extent that they're action movies that are centered around things that don't seem to be kind of actiony type situations um, but i think that movie has a lot of ambition in its direction that really made it into something more than I expected as far as using the, the kind of the concept and having fun with that from a directorial standpoint where this movie, it just has nothing going on. It feels like a step down from studio comedies that could aim higher, um, which is a shame because there's a lot of good talented people in there and it just kind of like yeah. doesn't amount to much more. Um, sure. I also saw uh, three identical strangers. Documentary. Uh, yeah. This is the documentary about triplets that, only found out they were triplets once they were uh, in college. And um, there's a really interesting story there. Um, it's neat to hear the different perspectives from the, the people that are interviewed for all this. It's neat to go for the, kind of this history of this uh, unique scenario. And there's certainly more to discover and uncover about what exactly went on for triplets to be separated at birth and then, you know, reunite later on. It's good enough. I, I think it's it's not my favorite. Like, uh, it's not my favorite doc. Um, it's not a. It's not on the level of something like The Imposter, uh, which I'm a huge mm -hmm. fan of. Um, it has a similar kind of cinematic journey that's being taken through a documentary. Um, yeah. but, but it's still solid. It's a good watch for sure. Like, I'd say if like if it's, you know, if it's streaming eventually or you have a movie pass and you're around and you're like, hey, let's do this. Yeah, it's, it's worth seeing for sure. Um, I literally just got back from seeing Mountain, another documentary, um, with my Mountain. dad. Mountain. Uh huh. It's yeah. It's a documentary about mountains. Um, very literally, it's narrated by Willem Dafoe, and it's just it's a lot of like just great shots of mountains with Willem Dafoe just kind of exp explaining and written narration of what it is for the Earth to have mountains and how we how we've gone from seeing them as this place for finding a certain level of belief or seeing them as this extreme area of the world to going on to climb them and conquer them and commercialize them in certain ways. And 
a lot of just different ideas about what we think of mountains uh, in our environment, um, which I thought was pretty intriguing. And for a film that's mm. 75 minutes and uses a lot, all of that time to create a very impressive visual display of this kind of environment, it's great to kind of just watch in a theater. Uh, Got it. The music's wonderful, too. It's a lot of uh, strings, a lot of orchestra, orchestral uh, uh, <clears throat> But, but a, like a full orchestra, but uh, focusing mainly on like uh, the string section, mm-hmm. and it just so it's it's very relaxing to watch. It's it's nice, and okay. Willem Dafoe has good narration voice, so it's just a, it's a nice experience. It's like watching any number of those BBC nature documentaries, except it's on the big screen, and I think it's worth it's a worthwhile kind of uh, venture on the big IMAX. Screen. Not IMAX, but I mean okay. even something like this compared to your TV at home, it's like watching impressive shots of mountains and especially people that are climbing on them with no gear like with the exception of chalk it's like oh boy <laughs> there's some there's some vertigo inducing scenes in some of these the, the shots mm. that you see um and uh lastly i uh, revisited life of pi uh anna had not seen life okay. of pi and we were like why not and we watched life of pi in 3d I, I was a big fan of Life of Pi when it came out, and I still am a big fan of it. I think it's really solid. Uh, just great direction from Ang Lee. And Irfan, speaking of narration, Irfan Khan's narration in Life of Pi is tremendous. And you know what? We also watched Jurassic World again to prepare for Jurassic World Wall and Kingdom, and Irfan Khan's in there too. So we had an Irfan Khan weekend. That's, <laughs> that's what we had going on. Yeah, he goes out like a G in that movie. This guy is the <laughs> coolest. That's what I'm saying. You know what? During Mountain, we saw a trailer for the movie Puzzle, and he's in that yeah, movie he's too. He's on with Irfan, Kelly McDonald. Irfan Khan was all over the place for this week's weekend. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so that's what I've been watching. Glad to hear it. Yeah. All right, that's on a quickies. Yep. Let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk, where we talk about where we talk about some of the newest movie triggers of the week, what we thought of them, and what have you. And uh, this week, uh, we have a couple more trailers since we had that giant. Uh, debut of trailers going on the past week um so um in honor of incredibles we figured why not get to some of the animated trailers that uh, came out and first up we have how to train your dragon colon the hidden world we've dropped the three and we've gone to subtitles now for the third and i i guess the trilogy capper the last one presumably last one uh for the how to train your dragon series i'm a big fan of the second film in the series i i remember um We've talked about this before, where the first one is not my favorite in the same way that a lot, it was for a lot of people, but the second one really won me over. And now I'm just, if the trajectory holds, I can't wait to see what happens in this third one. But let's let's start with you guys. Uh, David, what do you think of the, the trailer for this? Uh, it's an albino toothless. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> you know <it's> like... <laughs> that's, that's your holdup? <laughs> that's... <laughs> It's just like, okay, the Toothless is falling in love, and I hope the movie is better than that. I don't know. It, I don't know. It just doesn't look interesting. Why can't he have his own Night Fury that's the same color as he? Then I don't, I don't know. Well, just, it's in the hidden world. There's no sunlight or something. I don't know. Science. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's little things like that just make me scratch my head. It's like, all right, I just need to wait and see the movie, I guess, before I pass judgment. But the, on first thought, it was just like, uh, this is this is awkward. We're watching him try to mate. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll still watch it. I'll still watch it. Are you a fan of the, the Dragon? Money. Are you a fan of the Dragon series? Yeah, I love them. I think they're great. But I, I think uh, I definitely think the second one, as far as the trailer goes, like it totally ruined it by revealing the mom a little too soon. And so I still kind of begrudge it for that. 
but uh, this goes to our pre or pre-recording philosophical talk on trailers. Yeah, which I wasn't there for. Thank you for the invite. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But yeah, those, those, I mean, it, I'm sure it's fine because these movies have all been pretty great, and I'll still watch it. AEW. Animation was great. I, I'm, I was blown away by just the look of uh, Toothless uh, and like the, the dragon skills that he's got, or his dragon, dragon skin. Um, I was blown away by the first one. I, I think that from the story perspective, I just was really happy with the actions that they took. Um, so for this one, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down to see Jim Sturgis, Jake Gyllenhaal hybrid on the screen with, uh, with uh, the voice of uh, uh, I can't remember J.J. Barishaw. Thank you. So we'll see how it ends up, but I, I'm I'm a fan of just where the stories have gone, um, even as sentimental as they as they have gotten. Um, I, it'd be great, great to see the the closeout. And what I appreciate about the storyline a lot is that you grow with the characters. You know, I was I was kind of pleasantly surprised by, I guess uh, I forget his name. I, I want to call him Toothless uh, Writer. Hiccup. 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 Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, it's him being like. Writer. In, Wow. Yeah, I was movie. I was pleasantly <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised by him being like in his like twenties uh, in in part two or late teens, and then now he looks like he's a he's a full grown man. Now he looks like Captain America with the beard, exactly. And, and with his voice, it sounds really weird. Yeah, it's weird they got uh, Danny DeVito to voice him this time around. That's, that's <laughs> an intriguing trade place. Uh, Tom, were you gonna add something? Sorry. Yeah, only that. Um, well, one, I, I. Uh, did not have an opportunity to watch the trailer, but I, I saw that it was out. And, you know, I think that, I mean, DreamWorks has changed hands so many times that I guess that may be one of the reasons that some of their movies have taken a long time to come out. But, like, I don't know when the first, what year did the first How to Train Your Dragon come out? 2010? Uh, yeah, 2010. 2010. It feels, honestly, I mean, like, I, these were not a movie, the, the first one was not a movie that I responded to particularly strongly to or anything i didn't dislike it either but it just didn't i didn't really warm to it but but um i don't know it's so strange like it feels like these movies like the first one came out forever and like every time they're like oh yeah we're still gonna make another one i'm like really and i i mean you know and the, the amount of enthusiasm you guys have i guess speaks to some that there are obviously people who are interested in seeing more of these but i don't know there's something about it to me that i'm just kind of like do we need uh, like every time I, for some reason I like I hear about it, I'm like, oh, that's still happening. I thought I thought we had like finished that film cycle like a, a decade ago or something. I mean, it, it Kung feels, Fu Panda feels like it. Yeah. it. It feels like that, but there's you have to remember that there's still a Dragon How to Train Your Dragon TV cartoon series for kids. Yeah, and yeah. there's still How to Train Your Dragon toys on the toy shelf. That hmm. uh, and so that's something that we kind of forget about, but that still exists and. Uh, I don't think the second one was too long ago, right? It, so was, it was four years ago. It was 2014, yeah. so I mean, it's four years okay. in between each of these movies. Right. Um, okay. All right. But, but mean, it's... it's interesting you point out the kind of the length in between, because it's like, I remember when the Shrek movies were coming out, it seemed like Shrek just was everywhere, and it felt like it was I, was ex- too soon. I was exhausted by Shrek movies when they were coming <laughs> out like that. <laughs> And, I was like, exhausted with the first one. But even then, there was still like it was still like a three-year gap in between them. But it just felt like yeah. Dreamworks just feel like, like an just, onslaught. They just did everything they could with the Shrek stuff. Like that just that's how it felt. Where this is like, yeah, it does feel like there's a significant gap in between them. Um, but I guess, but I think it maybe has to do with how. And yeah, I'm not watching the cartoon series either. But Hatter Stranger Dragon is not relying on kind of a pop culture element in the same way that the Shrek movies did. Where it doesn't it doesn't feel mm. like it's yeah. there's not specific catchphrases you use for 
you know, how to train your dragon in the same way you can you know, jump into certain right. certain references that seem like they're sure. in, in, indebted to Shrek or how Eddie Murphy says things or whatnot. And, and, and Shrek, Shrek today wouldn't, I don't think, would be as successful because that existed in a time when Pixar and DreamWorks kind of had the the mining field of CG animation to themselves, and now yeah. there's just too much competition. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Illumination. Yeah, robots. <laughs> of course, so many Illumination movies are so terrible. Wait, they robots. are. Robots is blue sky. I, I was just, I was just name dropping robots <laughs> as far as the competition that's out there. <laughs> Ewan McGregor's listening. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know he was the voice of robot, right? Yeah, yeah he was the voice of that robot we all remember. You know, robot. The blue yeah. one. The blue one. Yeah, yeah blue, blue was, bot. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> o, Ob robot. Kanoa robot. Yeah, Ben exactly. bot. It was Ben bot. That was, that was what it was. Um, <laughs> Got it. How to Train Your Dragon: <laughs> The Hidden World arrives in theaters March first next year. Um, let's, move, let's move to our next trailer, which is for the Lego Movie Two, the second part. This is a sequel to uh, the Lego movie. I just really wanted to make sure we all got that title. Yeah, um, I like it. This is the uh, the sequel to the Lego movie, uh, of course. Um, an actual sequel as opposed to kind of the spinoffs that we, where we got the Lego Batman movie and the Lego Ninjago movie. Um, this time around, um, Phil Ward and Chris Miller, they're merely in uh, producer and screenplay capacity while uh, Mike Mitchell is uh, t- taking over director director duties. Um, he's he's had And Trisha Gump. Co-director. Anyway, on MDB it has Mike Mitchell and Trisha Gum. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, this is the second part. <laughs> Sarah Todd, Todd, what'd you think of the trailer for Lego Movie? Um, I love the first one, uh, and I'm looking forward to this one. I don't. Uh, hopefully, they won't spend a lot of time in the like dusty post-apocalyptic stuff. Like to me, I, I like. I, I I do trust that Lord Miller are are using that as like a like a self-referential kind of joke but to me like that feels like a very familiar trope to to do a lot of you know fantasy sci-fi movies and um but uh but i mean you know i love like i said i love the first one i you know we were talking about shrek being sort of oversaturated i will say i think that like warner brothers in a in their sort of desperation to mine this out as a franchise maybe has gone too aggressive with like making too many movies uh, too many lego movies i mean lego batman was great i didn't like the ninjago one came and went and i didn't even have a chance to see it but i heard it was just okay um it was weird that they both came out the same year i was like All yeah right. <laughs> like as as full full-fledged um cinematic movies is like really <laughs> what seven months later you got another one of these yeah. probably could have yeah. probably could have spaced this out a little bit better i don't think anyone was yeah. clamoring for ninjago but here we are <laughs> but uh but it's certainly you know otherwise it's chris pratt and you know the the mode in which he is most appealing as like a total dumb guy goof you know i like that <laughs> Um, and you know, it'll be interesting to see where they go. I mean, like, I, I don't mean that as like a, even a backhanded compliment. It's like, he was so good as like Andy Dwyer on, yeah, on Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec. I mean, like, that's a, you know, like a legit thing. I, we, I, you guys may or may not all have seen Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom yet, but you know, he, to me, like, I think that it was a miscast role for him because mm. they want somebody who's like genuinely cool and not somebody who is good who is i think as the guardians <laughs> have has have indicated he's very good at undercutting the s- sense that the character has of being cool 
Yeah. And uh, and I think they want him to be actually cool in those movies, but he's not. And I think that it makes him less likable. Whereas he's, he's not. He's like, no Jeff Goldblum. That's yes, yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. So anyway, I'm looking forward to it. All right, David, how about you? I loved it. The trailer. I, I really. I was laughing. I was. I'm looking forward to it. Nothing else to say. It looks really fun. And yeah, it looks great. To the point, Abe. How about you? I I, uh, I was a big fan of the first one as well. I'm kind of taking it with a grain of salt because I know that Lord and Miller are, are kind of credited here with some of the screenplay and also the executive production, but um, new directors and and uh, kind of like a rewriter as well. So we'll see. I mean, I, I enjoyed the jokes and the gags, and obviously the animation looks great. But um, yeah, grain of salt. I'm on board. I mean, I love the Lego movie. I the, I don't I have no reason to 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 discount the capabilities of this team of people to make another one of these that works. I I um Todd, you noted the kind of apocalyptic setting and where I hope it doesn't go too far. I can agree with that to an extent. That said, I do like the idea of a a, a movie built around Lego characters set in a an apocalyptic <laughs> environment. Sure. That does make that doesn't cool. that does make me laugh. Just the idea that like. Lego characters are are desperate for survival and like are trading in on l- loose amounts of supplies and whatnot. It's like what 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 dire straits are Lego characters going to be in? Uh, especially after watching that first one where you have everyone in the you know everything is awesome and that you know urban society and whatnot. And even we got a taste yeah. of the Western world. They have. Like there's so there's there's a lot of territory to mine for sure. And yes, I I don't doubt that there's you know, certainly subversion of this very idea, let alone plenty more to see that, you know, a 90 minute movie can offer that a two minute trailer can't, um, especially since it's so not really revealing too much because it's really just a teaser. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I I, I look forward to this immensely. I can't, I can't wait for more Lego movie. Um, So yeah, there we are. Uh, The Lego movie. Well, you're going to have to. You're going to have to wait. (laughs) Damn it. <laughs> it's not opening next week. Okay, I gotta, I gotta recalibrate. <laughs> we should stop doing these trailer talks. Yeah, we gotta just quit it while we're ahead. What are we doing? You really do. Uh, um, the Lego Movie Two. <laughs> your whole existence. The Lego Movie Two prompted a, a painful bout of self-reflection. <laughs> the Lego Movie Two, the second part, does not arrive in theaters um, July or June twenty-second. Uh, it arrives actually February eighth. 2019. You've so, just uh, taken the wind out of his sails there, Todd. I guess we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see a little bit longer than I uh, expected. All right, so I guess we're going to move on <laughs> to... Um... Come on, where's the energy here? All right, all right, let me, recal- let, me, let me recalibrate myself here. All right, guys, let's do it. Let's move on to our main review for Incredibles 2. Superheroes are illegal. We want to fight bad guys. I use bad guys. It defines who I am. We're not saying you have... What? Someone on TV said it. I was approached by this tycoon. Wants to talk about hero stuff. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need Elastigirl. Bye, sweetie. I'll watch the kids, no problem. Way you're supposed to do it, Dad. They want us to do it. This I don't way. know that way. Why would they change math? Math is math. Math is math. Math is math. That should have been some of the trailer for Incredibles 2. It's been 14 years since we last checked in with the Parr family, but now we're back without missing a beat 
Brad Bird returned to the world of supers he created in 2004's The Incredibles for Incredibles 2, a sequel picking up mere moments after where the last film left audiences. This time around, moves are being made by a billionaire brother-sister team to get the audience on the side of the superheroes again. To do this, Elastigirl is put front and center while Mr. Incredible is left on dad duty. It's not all that simple, however, as the dreaded screenslaver has arrived to push their own agenda in the midst of superheroics and superparenting. Let's start with David. David, I'm aware The Incredibles is pretty much your favorite Pixar film. Uh, yeah. Where did you fall with the sequel? The sequel is really great. It's a great film. It's, um, you know, let me see. It's not as great as the original. I think the original is just like kind of perfect in the way it balances the introductions to this world as well as the characters. The second one just kind of doesn't have to deal with any of that. So it just plows ahead and I think it's a more entertaining and more it's a funnier movie than the first by that in that regards because it doesn't have to spend time on setting everything up. We just kind of go. And but the at the same time you, you I kind of miss some of that stuff that we're we're trying to we're learning more about this world. But uh, I think it's I think this is one of the funniest movies Pixar's made possibly and uh, yeah, it's just it's really entertaining. Uh, there's I have a few things about it that I'm not a big fan of, but I'm going to wait until everyone chimes in before we kind of deep dive into For sure. that. But I really loved it. Yeah, great. Okay. All right. Uh, Todd, where, where are you with the uh, the Incredibles series, uh, the first and this uh, the sequel? You know, it's interesting. I, when I, I, I loved the original when it first came out, and then when I revisited it maybe four years ago or something like that, I remember like being just sort of shocked at how like simplistic i thought the animation was and you know I, for whatever reason and somebody else made this observation somewhere i saw in like the last week where they basically sort of said in passing that the like animated films particularly computer animated films are like a time capsule of how uh, like no matter what time when you watch the movie you see exactly what the latest technology was like at the time of that movie's release um and so i don't fault the movie for that and actually i rewatched it again and in, in anticipation of doing some press for the movie earlier this year and i think in spite of you know maybe the fact that it in my didn't wasn't as vivid as it was visually in my memory um i think it's like an amazing movie i think this one is good um and you know however much we want to actually get into the the weeds about like what works and what doesn't um, you know, it's a little bit of a dad rant of a movie to me. Um, and I'm not sure that one, it was a great idea. I think that maybe more time has passed, particularly given the fact that, uh, more time has passed than maybe should given the fact that the movie picks up right where it left off and kind of walks back some of the stuff that happens at the end of the first movie. Um, that was kind of a big issue for me. Um, but overall I actually like, I liked it and I think that it's, like very good, but um, uh, I don't think that it's equal to the original. Abe, how about you? I think it's also very good. I don't think it's great. I think that there are a lot of um, good pickups on what they continue to do with the characters that you didn't really see involved. Uh, Aaron, you mentioned this in some tweets or some some chats with me as well, where they kind of expand on the characters' abilities, especially with Violet and um, and uh, and Credit Girl, or I'm sorry, Elastigirl. And also, I like I like the Jack Jack stuff. I, there's really some some fun sequences that they have with that character, just because there's so much that you can do, uh, given that Jack Jack is starting to get get uh, a whole host of powers. But as far as the narrative story goes, it kind of feels like they um, they have a villain here, which I'm I'm still kind of a little bit confused by their narrative or by their uh, motive. 
And it's just one of those things where I think the first one really was a great way. David kind of went with the uh, the whole entire notion that they are world building. And what they did was they kind of were able to make fun of a lot of superhero tropes that you see in a lot of other movies um, in a way that is stylized and also um they can do because it's animated so you can do a lot of like weird uh um animation sequences involving capes whereas this one there's a lot of yeah sure the same characters kind of the same beats there's the storyline of hey let's put uh mr incredible in the seat of the stay-at-home father kind of thing and elastigirl out there but um yeah i i again there's some really cool sequences i'm a big fan of the score the animation looks great um the sequence that i really like a lot is is kind of when she's trying to save uh a person in, in a helicopter, and then also when she's trying to figure out who um, who this villain is and where where they are, there's a cool fight sequence there. But um, in terms of like emotional gravity, weight, there's nothing that compares to the airplane sequence um, in the the first Incredibles, where there was a, like a lot of um, seemingly uh, emotion um, in that in, in that scene. So um, yeah, it's very good. It's it's not great, but um, still an enjoyable time. I think there's obvious, yeah. I think there's obviously something to kind of live up to when you make a sequel to a film that is pretty much beloved by by most. Um, and I mean that challenge was felt when they made a sequel for me when they had to make a sequel to Finding Nemo, um, where it's like, well, Finding Nemo mm, to me is pretty much a perfect Pixar movie. So it's like, well, what do you do to kind of follow that up? And Finding Dory, I enjoy it, uh, but it just obviously it wasn't going to kind of live up to that same sort of standard. I, I I I would say I was a bit more optimistic with two with Incredibles two just because Brad Bird's still involved and I think Brad Bird can be a very creative person especially in this realm, the animated realm, um, and I mean as a result I think the movie really does work. Um, I wouldn't say it's on the same level as incre- as the the Incredibles, but I still think there's a a ton here to truly admire. I can speak to the same things you guys have, but, but just that wouldn't really take us anywhere new. But yes, the the animation mm-hmm. is obviously fantastic just because the technology has changed over time. So it's by default going... I mean, I would not not expect it to look any better than, than some of these other movies, you know, because it's been 14 years since The Last Incredibles. Um, the, the Giacchino score is spectacular. Um, yeah. There, I love that... There's no, there's no like end credit blooper or, or whatever at, in this thing. There's no like end credit scene. But I was just happy to stay in my seat and listen to this movie because I just wanted to hear every bit of music that this that you know they had to offer. Um, it's just so thrilling and exciting to to listen to just ugh, super high tempo jazz in a Pixar movie. Um, the action sequences here are I think among the best I've ever seen in an animated film. I mean, there's so much creativity on display as far as creating a sense of danger as well as having fun and utilizing yes these many different superheroes powers in fun and creative ways it's the kind of thing where i watch you know these you watch some of these live action superhero movies and like the marvel ones for the most part they do a good job of like hey look at these people have these powers let's really go with that where like the dc ones it's just a lot of super people punching each other. And it's like, okay, I mean, <laughs> I I feel like these characters have a lot of different abilities, but we're just kind of relying on the same thing. So it's refreshing to see, like, this giant use of, you know, the, the, the amount of different, you know, superpowers on display that's not been lost on Brad Bird and his team of animators where they can, like, yeah, let's really go with this. Let's really run with this idea. But I think the, the most, and yeah, the movie's really funny as well. It is a very funny film. Um, 
I think the narrative is where we're all going to kind of get the, the most hung up on as far as what we can talk about to keep this conversation going, which I think is for a good reason. I'm mm-hmm. of the mind that I think Brad Bird, where he and I guess, um, who worked with him on Tomorrowland? Is it Lindelof? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Am I right on that? Is it on Tomorrowland? Todd, you Damon? Know? Yeah, is it Damon uh, Lindelof? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Damon Lindelof wrote that. Yeah. yeah. He, like, okay. Yeah, it's Damon Lindelof. It okay, I was making yeah. sure. Yeah, okay. It's double checking slowly because my computer decided to be slow for a second. <laughs> um, I think where that film stumbled in trying to kind of go for some of its messages and what have you. I think this film does a better job of realizing what it's trying to do. Not that they're speaking to exactly the same thing, but I feel like this is a more confident film in what it's trying to get across from Brad Bird's mind. Now, Dave, or, um, Todd, you're you're saying it, there there is kind of a, a a dad getting on a soapbox and speaking. Talk about that more. What, what what do you mean when you say that? Well, I mean the whole movie to me. I mean, so many of its themes. First of all, I went to a long lead day where I actually, you know, got to see the, I think it was like the opening sequence. And then I saw the motorcycle sequence and then, you know, I did my best to try to get information at the time when I had not seen the whole film about like what I thought it was about, because really what I saw was very underwhelming. And to me, like I, you know, Mr. Mon came out in like 1982 or 83 and I don't, and, and to me, like it is very uninteresting to like watch a dad struggle to like parent kids. I mean, not that it should be easy, but it's like, to me, I, I want the characters to be coming up with smart s- solutions and then the situations to challenge those smart solutions. Whereas to me, this felt like very familiar, like, oh, you know, Bob's ego to me is not very interesting. Like, you know, I mean, I understand that this takes place right after the first movie or whatever, but it, like he really struggles with it in a way that I find very unappealing. Um, when you say that, and- it's like, well, I... I mean, it's not like he struggles with the entire movie. It's it's a day. It's like his first day doing this, and you get you just mine a little. It's not like the like the whole crux of Mister Mom is like, oh my god, laundry. What? How do I do this? And like that's the entire <laughs> film where it's like, okay, he has he struggles with this math thing, and then that night he studies how to do the math, and the next day he knows how to do the math now. Like there's not much of him really dealing with this like alien world of dad parenthood. But the movie, but the thing is that the movie, the amount of time elapsed in the movie, it is a lot of screen time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But further to that end, what what I don't really that that I didn't sort of warm to was the fact that like there are a lot of like sort of random conversations in this movie that seem to be like Brad Bird's soapbox, not necessarily. I mean, the characters. Uh, I mean, it's like there's the conversation between um, Helen and. And um, I'm sorry, what's her name? Evelyn about like where women should be and this and that. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's, you know, at least you are addressing that. But then there's this whole conversation that Evelyn has about like people will sacrifice quality for ease. And like, to me, like that only barely fits thematically with the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and otherwise it's like new math. That's crazy. Like, I mean, there's just things like that. It's like teenage girls. I don't know what to do with that. And to me, all that stuff is like a total like like dad bro kind of like problem. Whereas I feel like this movie had a real opportunity in putting um, Elastigirl sort of in the driver's seat to 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 push that forward in a more interesting way. Whereas and I feel like uh, like I think Brad Bird is much more creative than he seems to be putting on screen. And I think that what ends up happening is the the real theme of this movie gets kind of muddy because it's like. 
okay, yeah, the family should be together. And, you know, it would be cool if they could all be superheroes. But, like, why walk that back in the very first scene in the movie and then just, like, have them, you know, spend the whole movie going, I don't know if we should really be doing this or we can do this or whatever. I mean, like, there's just, there's a lot of dialogue scenes that, to me, don't, aren't, they don't manifest themselves successfully in the in the action of the movie. I mean, that whole dinner table scene that's towards the beginning of the movie, I'm like, this just keeps going on. I'm like, I'm just watching a family bicker, and I'm like, that's not really very entertaining for me either. So, mm. the, I kind of I, I see what you're saying, but then I kind of like, um, I, I tend to veer off. I do agree that there's been a few, there's a few times where the kids seem a little too complainy compared to the first movie. Sure. And, uh, but the that's kind of a thing. And yeah, Bob is a little bit weird in the beginning about Elastigirl, his wife, taking on these duties that he feels that he deserves. And, but then, you know, you have Elastigirl kind of calling him a door, calling him out on it. So yeah, I I do think that, I mean, yeah, he is a total dad bro guy, but I think that's what they're trying to say is that like, yeah, he is that guy. And there's a lot of toxic masculinity out there and they're trying Mm -hmm. to address that in a very, kind of like not making it so obvious maybe but uh but it's pretty obvious if you uh, are aware of it but i i, I think the, what the the beauty of this movie is actually the the family stuff is what i like the most uh, when i was watching it and i've seen it twice now and mm-hmm. it's the action that i actually kind of didn't really care about as much i guess i mean i guess for me the the I, I mean, I think the family is fine, but I mean, I, it may be a, a situation as we've talked about in different uh, capacities here with the trailers and other early clips and things. Like, I saw the whole Jack Jack raccoon scene at, I think I saw it at D23. Yeah, but that's awesome. it, that was the I, first thing that they, uh, they animated, yeah. That's a bummer because that's actually one of the sequences that I really enjoyed in this movie. Yeah. So that I would have been that, that, that was, saw it earlier. That was something that they had for the first movie, but it didn't, it didn't run out of time, and they cut it out. Yeah, I mean, to me, it feels kind of superfluous in the movie. I mean, like I like You're the right. ultimate, yeah. you know, and 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 I would say that as a little short film, it's it's adorable, you know. But I think for me, it was sort of like a joke that I, if I had seen it for the first time in the movie, then I might not have responded the way that I did. But I saw it like two or three times, and then I saw the movie, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's this sequence now. And, yeah. and and it's, you know, particularly given the fact that the movie spends so much time in so many other scenes going, oh, he's got crazy powers we have to discover. Like, I mean, like, it's fine to have, like, it would be kind of neat to me if it was like almost like a mad fold out or fold in where, like, you have the beginning and the end of that scene where he discovers that he's got powers and he's like, what's happening here? And then maybe there's a short film that's on the DVD or the Blu-ray where you see that sequence. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm just kind of making some, this up as I, I mean, go but that's along. The, that's the first right. movie, essentially, though, where you do see, I mean, it, it even does have a short film yeah. that goes over into yeah. his powers where I, lo- which, I which, like, I like, I love this scene. I love the Jack-Jack stuff. I think it's hysterical. Yeah. And I think it's, for a film that, is trying its best not to kind of retread everything that happened in the first movie. I do like that it's providing you a new level of context of what exactly his powers are, as opposed to getting like, okay, we know he has powers and we know that the family's apparently oblivious to them. Now let's get into that more. And I don't, I don't think it comes out of like nowhere or it doesn't belong in the film. I think it's a good, a a good way of exploring what it, what it is that he can do in what I thought was a pretty ingenious way. It's like this, this random so, raccoon pest. I around. felt that way too. I, I actually felt that that was one of the more like refreshing and, and better sequences in the movie because like what you guys have all been saying, it feels like there's actually a lot of narrative in this. Like almost every character had, minus maybe Dash, 
and maybe Frozone, but a lot of ever it seems like everyone has like their own little arc because you know Violet has the boy that she likes and he's got a problem with his memory, and then you've got uh, you know Mrs. Uh, Incredible Elastigirl kind of in the in the front seat. But I agree with that that it kind of takes away because they do have to deal with this kind of dad at home situation and with these other things, these other variables at home. But that's that's one of the sequences where I really enjoyed was just Jack Jack. Introducing us to his powers. Additionally, um, having like this fight, which seems like it's like the squirrel from uh, that those those uh, <laughs> Ice Age from Ice Age, yeah, Blue Sky like, yeah, Classics. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so I was glad that just glad that they kind of like had that little in beef. But um, I mean, I, I, get, I, I get what Todd is saying though, because if you really think, if, if if this was like a page on the script, it's just like you know Jack Jack gets in a fight with Rex has all the powers revealed you know it's not like it doesn't really move the story along but i know why it's there because it helps us see what he can do and while the family is all asleep and or not even there yeah but it's also it's so, also entertaining like it's, there's not a point in this no, movie no, where i'm like no. i'm bored by this or sure. like let's move this no, along because absolutely. i can't is... i can't handle this baby raccoon action sequence like i really enjoyed watching <laughs> no, it's, super, it's super entertaining but I, I could i could see what he's trying to say I mean, and and I mean, and, and you know, make no mistake. I'm not suggesting that like it's a it's a bad scene or like I, you know, think it has no place in the movie. I think that it is like it's a thing that I think could play better, given the fact that there was a short film in the first one that does reveal some of his powers and all that other stuff. Um, and we also see some of those things at least at the end of the first movie. You know that I'm I'm saying that it doesn't. I, like I don't disagree that it's entertaining um, or or anything else, but I'm also like, oh, okay, you know. But you know, to me, I think the the movie, for being 14, 14 years after the original, it does not feel. Ultimately, the problem for me is that it does not feel as cohesive and strongly. Um, it doesn't have as strong a story as I feel like it should have for Brad Bird to be coming back and like now I have this movie. Like to me, this this yeah. this is a sequel that could have been made three years after this movie, done the exact same thing, and that to me would have been like, oh, okay, well that's what an incredible sequel is. Like to me, this isn't like this is a great story that desperately needs to be told about these characters. Like the villain, I mean, Abe, you mentioned this. It's like I think the motivations of the villain are really unclear. And to me, that's that whole character is like its own dad rant. Everyone's too obsessed with their screens. I mean, like that again is like to me is just kind of like, what are you trying to say? I don't really, you know. Even that aspect is kind of a cipher, though. I mean, not to get into things, but I mean, it's more of that's a means to an end for as far as what the actual goal of that character seems to be. It obviously, yes, it's a pretty straightforward, like, screen's bad, rants like stuff as far as the kind of initial motivation, but there's also there's something else there that just it'd be spoiling things, I guess. And even yeah, saying, I mean, even, and even saying spoiler, the things that occur are very unsurprising as far as the direction this film eventually takes is involving as far as who's involved in what. There's a the economy of characters suggests that there's only so many <laughs> kind of ways for this to kind of go. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, right. And you know, I mean, I think I think for me, you know, I went like I doing the long lead day that I did where we saw some footage, and then we got to speak with Brad Bird. Like, you know, I was not the only one who came away from that, and I had an opportunity to do like a one on one with him. But they, they did a press conference where some of my colleagues asked, and and it, the the question was asked to Brad Bird is like, "What is this story about to you?" 
and he didn't have an answer. And I was like, well, maybe he's just holding back. You know, he's reserving that so he doesn't want to spoil anything. But to me, I don't know what this story is really about. Like, it's not it's not about furthering them in a way. It's like about moving them forward another inch when to me, like it needs to be about something. And I think that's why ultimately, like irrespective of like maybe some of those little choices that you guys like better than I do or I like better than you do or, you know, whatever. Like to me, it's it doesn't have a core emotional um, idea driving it that I feel like is what made the first one so special. Like I was I was listening to you, uh, you know, describe it sort of how, you know, the first one is so great and thrilling and also emotional and engaging. And like this one to me was very entertaining but I didn't come away from it with the sort of emotionality that I did the first one. I mean, like the opening scene of this movie is like this weird little interrogation scene. And I'm like, why would you make that the first scene of the movie? Because I mean, it, re- like, it reflects the opening of the first movie where they have an interrogate or like an interview going on and the style and whatnot. Like I, 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 it, I get how it's tying it to get, trying to tie it sure. in. Actually, if, if you watch Jack Jack attacks again, it's very, it ties in very closely to that. Oh, as far as mm. like, and yeah, there's okay. an interrogation there too. Of the yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, it's I, like, well, I think it's more it reflects like the low-key kind of entrance into a film that has such grandeur going on i i, I, I get yeah. what it's with. but todd to speak to your point like i i i can agree with you as far as i think brad bird got everything he wanted to see in incredibles out of incredibles i i i, I don't yeah. think he i the reason i think there's a reason why we haven't seen an incredible sequel in 14 years because he didn't plan on doing one i i mean once tomorrowland was you know <laughs> I, I, I think by the time he was, yeah. you know, getting ready to release that movie, surely he had screened it, and he probably had an idea of like, you know, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna be a home run like some of my other films have been, as far as like the belovedness going on. And yeah, suddenly he signs on to Incredibles two right away, and yeah, that's what we get here. We get this story that he's supposedly okay. cracked to make a sequel, and yeah, I, the getting more, getting new stuff out of him for this world that kind of keeps this going. It's a reflection of yeah, probably a lot of what he sees and what he thinks. Yeah, okay, this is my this is my take on this thing, and in that regard, yeah, it's not as satisfying as the first film. I do think there's some interesting stuff going on as far as, while not directly referencing other superhero movies, I certainly think there's a there's a perspective he seems to have based off all the superhero movies he's been seeing in the past. You know, especially in these Decade. recent it's, yeah, yeah, but especially in these recent years where. They, we address more and more stuff about collateral damage and what have you, which, you know, to be fair, the first one did to a point as well. Um, there's, yeah, there's bits there, there's remnants of an idea that don't form like this greater, this greater thesis in the same way the first one does. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, the emotional bits are not as, as strong here, but the, the, you know, he's moving the story along in this world that they need to be become legal again to, to do what they need to do. Sure. And, you know, that's, I think that's the story that, the sequel has to tell and yeah you're, i mean you're right it's not as emotional like for me the emotion the most emotional beat i got out of it was when edna mode was offering to babysit jack jack for free and i was like <laughs> oh you know, like I was, she does have a heart yeah yeah i mean that yeah no, no finish what you were saying oh no i was that was pretty much it i was just like you know th- that part and then you know when violet tells her dad that he's a super and he's asleep and you know um, those are the two beats I think that were emotional. And I, and I absolutely like, I think those work. And truthfully, like I really enjoyed the scene where they went to the diner where, you know, Bob's trying to make it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was hysterical to me. And I thought it was really <laughs> at the same time, you know, and I mean, like, I think there are really great things, but 
you know, I mean, I, the idea of making them legal to me, I, I like the idea that the movie backs off of that idea that w- that it lands on at the end of the first one to me is just a weird choice. Like to me, that's sort of like, I mean, you know, Deadpool's been out a few weeks, so I'll just, you know, but it's like you you kill off the girl that he's been trying to be with for the entire movie at the first part of the second movie. I mean, to me, that's like a very cliched kind of way to, you know, create new conflict. It's like, okay, well, there, I think there's, they could still do the same things without needing to do that. Um, you know, or, you know, make some, create another more creative circumstance that requires Bob to stay at home and, you know, but making them, Oh, we'll be fine. And then like a day after they, feel like they can all be superheroes together they can't be again to me i don't know that's just like yeah i think that the stronger family ties uh especially like the theme of family in the first one having to deal with their their secret identities um is much stronger and pronounced and in this one i agree with you guys that there was like this weird juggling act between legal and illegal superheroes that um i guess if you thought about it you can get the gist of it but to me it just it does feel a little bit too jumbly again just too many too many um too many uh, I mean, uh, plot points. I, I wouldn't say it's jumbly as much as I just I yes I don't I recognize it's not as strong as you know the concept of syndrome and why that you know that's a that's a and why whole, that character that's works. a that and yeah why that works and why that's a whole that's a good story to base the entire film around where this I mean you're t- the third film presumably will have the whole family working as a team and doing whatever they need to do. Um, is there a third film? I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there's nothing in development, but I can't put it past the idea that you know. <laughs> I don't think this is the last time we've seen The Incredibles, Abe. I'm just putting it that way. Right. But All right. I, I, I do like the... I mean, yes, it's like a... It's a baby step forward, but I do like getting a whole film that puts the focus on Elastigirl and her mission and what that entails yeah. and giving her creative action sequences just like it gave Mr. Incredible creative action sequences in the first one and lets her explore right. yeah. more of what her character is and gives her interesting scenes between her and Evelyn. I mean, there's... There's there's a there's a lot there that you don't get in a standard animated film or even a standard superhero film these days and some some of them um, where you have characters that can be explored but they choose not to instead and I think I think there's a lot to I think there's a lot to to work for in a film like this where I'm never bored watching any of the things that's ha- any of these things that are taking place I, I, there's there's a perspective where further from where these ideas are coming from and that. Yeah, that that becomes very clear when you see the types of things that are being said by certain people that are coming from the mouth of Brad Bird, essentially. But at the same time, it, it's it's a director certainly putting his own stamp on a film like this, which I, I I can be happy to see if I'm you know not unentertained by what's taking place. Uh, can we can we talk about the 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 stuff that felt flat, completely flat for me, where where the yeah. other superheroes and how unappealing they all seemed i don't yeah. know why they, they right i don't know if he was doing this on purpose to be making fun of people that are like that but i, I just felt a little off you know there was there's the brick from wisconsin and he there was a part where at the end where he just goes follow and yeah there was like I some it was, weird it was meant to be something really funny that we're supposed to just split our sides laughing but it just felt really out of place and a lot of these characters just seemed really just kind of wormy and squirmy and well, I when know. I saw them, I was kind of reminded of um, 
What's the movie with the uh, mystery team? Right, mystery, 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 mystery men. Yeah, mystery yeah. mystery team is is the, the other the, movie. The Derek yeah, comedy Donald movie. Lover. Yeah, yeah, Derek comedy. But mystery men, where uh, it's like, oh, these backup superheroes, because that's what it seems like. Because given that you've seen people like Frozone or all these people that have have you know died in the first one that you that that Edna Mode goes through, they seem very like prim and proper. Um, yeah, these kind of look like they're secondary shelves kind of thing um <laughs> so it's kind of a, team, yeah yeah it's kind of unfortunate that they come out here and they don't have a lot to say they they have they're only given a handful of lines and then they have like this plot point that they have to do so i agree with you that there it kind of felt kind of not even cluttered it kind of just felt like confusing and and awkward yeah. at times so yeah. you know because they and have something was... else that they have to do later that that serves the movie's purpose but even then i'm just like i i never really got a great sense of like why they were like, or even like a kick-ass two thing situation where they decided to become superhero like band together after you know they saw the Incredibles in. in I the mean, first you're one asking for like play. 20 minutes of another movie so you can develop characters that aren't I know, the Incredibles. But, but I exactly, but I don't want to. That the the thing is like I would rather just see one or two of them rather than 16 of them or however many we saw. Five. Five. <laughs> well, there was, there was there was a lot more on the on the boat, but they were char- they were tasked with protecting their senators, right? And so they pretty much didn't help. <laughs> so yep. they were kind of written out pretty easily. But, Very yeah, easily. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that uh, was David. That I actually was... wanted to ask you a clarifying question. Evan. Uh, you mentioned that you weren't a fan of some of the action sequences that kind of took you out of the movie. Like, can you? No, no, um, no. It didn't take me out of the movie. I just thought that they weren't as. Um, I I just saying that I was a bigger fan of the family elements in this movie for okay. some reason. Yeah, because I feel like the like we saw a lot of great action of Elastigirl in the first movie, how she was using her elasticity to fight bad guys in an evil lair, and I thought that was all cool. So you know, I think that motorcycle her, chase with just her is pretty spectacular as far as that was great. That was great, but that's like an early on thing. It, did, it wasn't that safe for us at the end, so it was kind of like mm-hmm. it was almost too good, and it kind of fizzled out a little bit. You know, the action didn't get us, didn't get better, I don't think. But, uh, so I, I like the family elements. It was funnier. Gotcha. We haven't talked much about the voice work um, in this film, but, we, I mean, we still have, you know, we have Holly Hunter and Craig T. Nelson, Sarah Val and Sam Jackson are back. You have Bob Odenkirk yeah. and Catherine Keener here as well this time around. Uh, yeah, the voice cast is great. Bob Odenkirk doing great work as Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> <laughs> he's very bob odenkirk in this I, I do want to give a shot like credit to the guy that the kid that that voice dash he sounds great yeah huck like, milner yeah. he replaces the other um yeah, the previous uh i mean yeah, yeah. because he grew yeah. up yeah. in 14 years but it didn't sound like dash anymore so. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys yeah, your son. i think that was <laughs> i think that was one of the jokes that uh violet the voice of violet emailed brad and says like i, I don't have this voice you know, you better make the sequel soon because I'm going to grow out of this voice pretty pretty fast. Works <laughs> <laughs> uh, out. Yeah. Um, my last question to you guys is just this: this something that came up recently about this epilepsy warning. Did you guys have any reaction to that? Um, I, I noticed did... that. Uh, yeah, it was it was like seizure. It could be seizure inducing to okay. some people, but I, it didn't bother. What me. is? I don't even yeah, know. What, what are we referring to? I don't even know what this is. Well, some folks are advocating that you, they put a seizure, anti-seizure warning before the movie because the parts where um, Mrs. Oh, or, the screen uh, slaver? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're just like, you, know, you got to be careful. Lights. Right, yeah. and I was like, you know, it actually doesn't it doesn't last for too long, and I think that they do a good job of... Well, the, yeah, that whole, I mean, what well, actually, I thought that was one of the really, the most visually imaginative moments of the movie. Yeah. I was like, 
I was like, to me, they're like, we're going to try to make this as hard as possible for ourselves to come up with like a this cool sequence that also includes this thing. I'm not sure that it logistically makes a whole lot of sense why like a, a villain would make his own lair uh, distractingly uh, electronic like that, but um, but it was really neat. I mean, I don't have a feeling about it. It's like you know, if it's if you want to put a sticker at the bottom of the poster saying "Just be warned," then you know, no problem with that. Yeah. Um, you know, be sensitive to people. We don't need to yeah. be jerks. True that. Um, you know, that's 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 my opinion, and now it's all yours as well. We've all agreed. <laughs> um, all right, I think we've talked a lot about Incredibles two. Um, let's get to when should people go and see this movie, uh, David? <laughs> Like a couple days ago, just see it. <laughs> see it in the theater. Yes. Todd, how about you? Um, you know, if they want to see it in the theater, hey man, you know, live your life, live your best life. No, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it looks great on the big screen for sure. It's, I mean, it's something that I think, actually, I think would will translate pretty well, to, you know, to the smaller screen. But um, but it's definitely it's got a, it's got a lot of terrific action and spectacle, and I think it'll. It'll be uh, so they should go see it now. Right. Immediately. Stop listening to this podcast and go right this second. <laughs> Everything Todd said, but in my voice. <laughs> in- including the stop listening to our podcast part? And go see it right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, I wasn't saying stop listening to it forever. Throw your iPad out the window, <laughs> smash it, and get to the theater. Um, I I think this movie's great. Um, I I had a I had a blast watching it. I, I think it's perfect summer blockbuster entertainment. Um, I, I will not get this score out of my head, and I don't want to for the coming weeks. But um, it, it has everything that I kind of wanted in a film that I realized ahead of time. Yeah, it's probably not going to equal to one of my favorite movies in general, but it certainly has the chance to be something really entertaining. And I was really entertained. Uh, so there, we go. there you go. All right. Let's uh, let's move on now. What uh, hey, what what time is it? Ooh, let's do a quick game. <laughs> Little known fact: Michael Giacchino <laughs> wanted Aaron for a xylophone, but Aaron was busy. Yep, busy making this game. Damn. Guys, I have a <laughs> game for it. you guys. I have a game here. It is called okay. Hyperbole, or hyperbole. Um. <laughs> This is a game where I am going to describe, to, I'm going to read you the description of a movie, and each movie um, is going to have a, have a word in it that could be used in a hyperbolic statement. Um, so here's an example. It's about a bunch of supers that have been banned from doing what they do best. Uh, the Incredibles. That would be The Incredibles, yes. Which is something of a hyperbolic statement to make an incredible. So every every movie to, every movie I'm referring to has a word in it that's that can be used in hyperbole in some fashion. So okay. okay okay if you think you know the answer say your name out loud and then the answer got okay. it cool all right got it here we go here we go here's the first one a frustrated businessman is helped by an angel from heaven hmm mm. businessman okay. <laughs> Abe not Abe uh I I just blanked on the answer. <laughs> Like, I literally just blanked on the, I, I, that one movie. It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life is the why, way to save it is the correct answer. Thank you. Yeah, thank <laughs> you for waiting. <laughs> I, was, I was about to give up on you. Wonderful okay. being, you know, a, yeah. I think you get it. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here's the next one. A high school kid resorts to vigilante justice after a chance encounter in a lab. 
Uh, Abe. Abe. The Amazing Spider-Man. The Amazing Spider-Man is the correct answer. Yeah. All right. There you go, Andrew Garfield. Uh, could you also say Kick-Ass? Does he That's have also a, what I was thinking, but does, he didn't get I, I, his powers in a lab. Well, though, a number right? of reasons. One, yeah. he does not have a chance encounter in a lab, and one is kick or sure. ass used in a hyperbolic statement. Uh, I don't know. Kick ass? Kick ass is a... Okay, okay I guess a... yeah, that's pretty kick ass. Okay, fair enough. I can see that. I mean, I, like, fair enough on the, the lab situation. Yeah. But, uh, Wait, but are we splitting points like... here? No, we're not, because no. that's not the answer. Uh, <laughs> that's, fine. that's fine. I don't need your damn points, Eric. <laughs> oh. Here's the next one. Your own. <laughs> Here's the next one. Two dudes go to wild lengths to pass their high school history test. Todd. Todd. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That is correct. And party on. All right. Here's the next one. A hard-partying high school alcoholic forms a relationship with a nice girl she meets on a lawn after having woken up there. Abe. Abe. The Spectacular Now. The Spectacular Now is the correct answer. Here's the next one. An experiment gone wrong leaves a scientist with anger issues on the run from the government. Todd. Todd. The, incre- the Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk is the correct answer. Oh, Here's the next one. David, you got to get on the board. I uh, Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Tunnels, a motorcycle, and a baseball are all part of this World War II adventure. Oh, David. David. The Inglorious Bastards. Incorrect. No, wait. No, oh, jeez. Tunnels, a motorcycle, and a baseball are all part of this World War II adventure. Tunnels? Oh, uh, Todd. Todd. The Great Escape. The Great Escape is the correct answer. Mm. All right. I just, you know, went with the bat. I got you. (laughs) Here's the next one. Community (laughs) service has never felt so Disney in this hockey comedy. David. David? The Mighty Ducks? The Mighty Ducks is the correct answer. You're on the board. Gordon Bombay. Is Mighty like a superlative? I would say so. I guess in this game. Yeah, sorry. I, I forgot. When a, when somebody's just making it up as they go along, I guess whatever. <laughs> I was going to give I was going to give Daniel credit for Inglorious. I was like, I don't I was like that's just a dope word. So let's give it to him. Hey, so. if the next if the next the I hope the next movie bill has like a fill in the blank quiz section in the back and I'll be sure to fill in any words I want to in your fucking thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> here's, the, here's the next one. Uh, conforming okay. at a rural prison was not the plan for this laid-back southerner. Uh, Todd. Todd. Cool, cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke is the correct oh. answer. Hmm. All right. Here's the next one. Two more. This hand co- is my favorite superlative, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, this cocaine dealer has plans for retirement, but the mob has other plans. Hmm. There's a tie-in to this week's releases as well with this film. Oh, Todd. Todd? Superfly. Superfly is the correct answer. Okay. I was going for the original, which is two words, as opposed to this new one, which is apparently one word. So I hope his his last name is, in fact, Superfly, and they call him Mr. Superfly in the movie. Um, David Superfly. (laughs) Here's, Here's the last one. Which might be for all my marbles. I gotta, I gotta count these answers. He was winning here, but it might be pretty close. 
Some very rough weather provides challenge for a group of commercial fishermen. David. Uh, David. Oh, the perfect storm. The perfect storm is the correct <laughs> answer. The Dave. thing was, I forgot my name. I knew the movie. So I, <laughs> <my own name. laughs> I was like, uh, uh, who am George I? George Clooney. <laughs> Wahlberg? Yeah. Inglorious Best. William Fickner. Um, all right. Wahlberg? All right. Let me, let me count this one up. This is pretty close. Let me see. Abe, Abe. Right. Abe. And then we have Todd, Todd, Todd. Nope, nope. Never mind. David, you got third place. Abe, you got second place. Todd, you are the winner of this week's game. Yes. Good job. Congratulations, Dad. Way to go. So that means that all my opinions on this podcast are correct and all of yours are all wrong. That'd be correct, yes, yeah. Okay, so, okay. That's, that's what I was, that's what I assumed. It so that it's only you speaking this entire podcast. <laughs> that's great. It's like, and I, what we can do is we can re-record a section later where I will agree with my own opinions. Todd, that is correct. <laughs> I agree with you. That is a wonderful insight. It's a whole Dr. Hammond spiel that we have going on now. It's, it's a, we, we go through the whole thing. We make it a ride, actually, in Out Now Land. It's going to be just you talking to yourself in one of them. It'll be the least attended ride at the park. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> Don't make fun of the Hall of Presidents like that. <laughs> and with that, Todd, I believe you have to go at this point, if I'm not mistaken. I, I do. i gotta, I got to head out. But, uh, right. well, but uh, thank you guys so much for, um, for inviting me to be on. I had a, had a great time. Well, for sure. Where can people find more of your work? Uh, well, I write for Movie Bill, uh, and our next issue is coming out uh, this Friday with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, and so if you go to a Regal Cinemas on opening day, um, uh, any Regal Cinemas in the country, in the U.S., uh, you will be able to pick up a copy of our second issue, uh, which is full of um, great uh, inside content, insider content for the movie, and, uh, and AR content so you can bring a dinosaur to life and explore lots of really cool things. Uh, we have a website and then also I do reviews for movie phone and I write for a few other places like the rap, um, and, uh, birth movies death. I just wrote a thing about, uh, Greece's anniversary over the weekend. So you can check those. That's the word. Awesome. It is. It is the word. All right. Well, thank you very much, Todd, for joining us this evening. uh, Yeah. Thank you so much guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, and I hope you have fun, uh, cutting me out of this issue, this episode. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Always what I intend to do these things. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, We've recorded a great one. Let's cut Todd out of it. So. All uh, right. But th- thanks so much, guys. For sure. Thanks, Todd. Have a good night. Bye, you guys. All right. Bye. All right. Well, let's uh, get back to it. Abe, I just realized we forgot to do something earlier. We forgot feedback, feedback, feedback. We didn't forget feedback. No, that's coming next. But we have forgot to do the poll question of the week. <coughs> oh, okay. The poll question. Each week on the Out Now program... Uh, we like to have these poll questions on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash now podcast, where I put two movies against each other. I actually put it on Twitter this week, too, just to see if we get any Twitter votes. So we did. Um, so I'll try to remember to keep doing that uh, so we can make sure to get all the votes we can. Um, well, basically, I put two movies against each other in a death match. Um, the idea is that you pick one to save it, and the other one that just, you know, loses gets erased from existence. Um and you know, I joked about this in the past, but I'm actually doing it now. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna actually keeping I a saw. list. I'm keeping a list of the movies that we erased from existence. So Abe and I will have to purposely try to keep up with what movies we can't reference on this podcast anymore because they don't exist. Right. Um, but this week, in honor of the Incredibles, um, I decided to put movies that inspired the Incredibles, or at least have see- seemingly have some influence on them. So I have mm-hmm. The Watchmen uh, versus You Only Live Twice. The uh, second to last uh, Sean Connery Bond film. 
Is that right? right? Second, yeah, second to last. Fucking that, that other one. Never say never again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you said that fucking. Actually, other no, one. <laughs> no, it's uh, Diamonds Are Forever was after that one. It's like, oh, okay, oh, all right. right. That's not a that's not a good one. Uh, but you only live twice. That's the one that introduced the volcano layer, uh, among other many things that have been spoofed in lots of other movies. That's that's a that's a really Bondy movie. Like you think of the tropes in Bond movies, You Only Live Twice really lives up to a lot of them as far as exotic okay. locations yeah. and elaborate villain plans. Hairless and what cats. Have you. Hairless. Well, that is that yeah. is a Blofeld movie, which does have a cat in it um, versus Watchmen, which of course, if you watch Incredibles and you know the story of Watchmen, you can see some similarities there. Uh, but sure. regardless, uh, where would you guys weigh in on this? Which one do you choose uh, between these two Watchmen or you only live twice? David, which one would you save? Uh, I would save, I would say bond probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disagree. I'm also. I'm also saving Bond. The reason why is because uh, you know, if you, I, I'm not missing the Owls of Gahul. Is is you know, I, I, I don't. I don't look back wistfully when I think of a movie like that. I've never seen it. I've never seen. You it. You shouldn't but be I talking also, bad of it because the Owls of Gahul is quite entertaining. It has great dog that's fights. What I hear. You you've said it. You've said that on this podcast here. Because but, it's solid. It's a solid action movie. It's better than mo- other Zack Snyder movies I've seen. That's for sure. That's true, yeah. But along with that, Zack Snyder, you know, he's got this filmography where it seems like you you've seen a lot of the same Zack Snyder things. Where to the point now where it's almost um, its own little meme, you know, slow motion action sequences in the dark uh, with moody with moody characters and, so, and ramp up, yeah, ramp, slow motion to ramp to ramp up fast speed moving. Yeah, I've never even actually seen you. You know that I'm not a huge fan of the Bond series. I've never even seen the rest of the Bond movies uh, except for maybe this this new batch and one or two of the old batch. But um, what yeah, is this Gremlins? Yeah, is it is the yeah. yeah James Bond, the new batch. <laughs> that's, there's like a that's a good callback. There's a scene where Bond jumps out of. There, there's a scene where the Bond movie they go to the movie theater and Leonard Maltin's there and the Hulk Hogan and they all talk about things before they go back to the Bond movie they're watching. Oh crap! Bond got wet after midnight. Oh no. <laughs> He's drunk. Watch out, guys. <laughs> um, he gave him a stirred drink. I mean, in saying all this, yes, I would choose the Bond film as well because I already have the Watchmen comic, so, you know, eliminating the movie, not not going to hurt me. And it might, by default, erase the DCEU, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we eliminated Watchmen from the universe. Um, where you only know yeah. twice, there's a lot of cinematic influence from that movie. I mean, the the Bond tropes that you recognize today are, be, are largely because of this first batch of Sean Connery Bond movies, but specifically this one I already pointed to as far as kind of the epitome of wild gadgets, exotic locations, and villain plots and what have you. Um, other yeah. Bond movies that came after this one would just kind of replicate very similar things. Uh, and, you know, how did, how did the poll go? The poll, um, Watchmen actually won this somehow, 63% to 37%. Our listeners chose to keep Watchmen. Interesting. Hmm. I I will say, I might try to phrase this differently. I wonder if I'm emphasizing the bad side of this too much of the erasing existence that might be, and that yeah. that might lead to some clicks we, going we in the about wrong this direction. Like a couple weeks ago, too, just maybe the phrasing might be low. Yeah, so we need to I'll work on the phrasing a bit. But in the meantime, we've erased one James Bond film from existence. i got to add that to the list. Um, we, should really, we should really get a musical theme for this, too. We start erasing movies. <laughs> You <laughs> should start editing that well, one we're in gonna as well. Get the we just wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Yeah. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to our feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where I go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com, check out now podcast, where we go over the number of questions that we asked for you, the listener, to answer, and then you listeners gave us some questions that we can answer. 
Yeah, pretty short feedback this week. So first question, what is your favorite superhero vehicle? Patrick writes, we should assume you guys meant after the Batmobile. And uh, yeah, sure. You know, there's a lot of cool vehicles, I think, was what our response was. Chris says, damn, Batman really does have all the cool stuff. Superman must be gutted. Tumblr, Black Beauty, and the Condor Mobile. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joe has the Tumblr. Uh, Christopher writes the Batmobile. Mike has Knight Rider's kit. Greg has the Blank Wheel. Tammy has Ghost Rider's Hell Cycle. And lastly, Justin has the Wanderer. I mean, you can't really... It's hard to do better than the Batmobile, honestly. <laughs> so that's a pretty... That's a, that's a pretty... That's uh, a pretty good superhero vehicle. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Lego couch. <laughs> the double-decker right. couch? Yeah. I guess. It's not really a vehicle. I mean, it's, it's, it's a got, couch. It's got it's, a lot of secret compartments and it floats in water. I mean, it's, it's really not a vehicle, though. It's a couch. <laughs> uh, David, do you have an answer? Uh, I think I would go with the Incredible. Incredible. Mm. Incredible. The Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, the Incredible. I, I think they changed the name to Incredible. I think it's Incredible. I think the first movie was Incredible, and the second movie is Incredible. Well, you yeah, say potato, I, I say Incredible. So <laughs> what do you know? You better look let's, this up. Before let's call the whole over. thing off. Uh, oh, I, I am looking it up. <laughs> Mainly because Incredible is just spelled the same as Incredible. So it's like, how do you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But that's the joke. Right. Yeah. I mean, I that's I mean. You gotta look up the old toy, and you gotta look up the new toy to really know. That's a good point. Incredibles. Let's see. Um, Incredimobile. I see. Yep. I. I Incredimobile. I, I see Incredicar. Incredicar. Well, that's the knockoff. That's a knockoff. <laughs> that's one that you get with packages from like with with Power Rangers in it. Yeah. And they say like Super Red Man. Yeah. Um, Aaron, do you have an answer? Well, I guess you said Batmobile. Batmobile, yeah. The Batmobile, the either the uh, the the first one in the Burton film or the animated series Batmobile. Uh, nice. Uh, next question we have here, uh, both for Incredibles and for Father's Day. Uh, favorite movie dads? Uh, Justin has, of course, Mister Incredible, but also George McFly. Uh, Manish has Gregory Peck in uh, To Kill a Mockingbird as Atticus Finch. Uh, Jason has Lego Batman. Uh, Hugh Neutron and Ian Malcolm. Or, uh, Renee has Liam Neeson in Taken. Tammy <laughs> has uh, Marlin from Finding Nemo. And Philip has Royal from Royal Tenenbaums. He became a good father at the end. I mean... <laughs> kind of absent throughout the early parts of their lives. He's not an asshole. He's just kind of a son of a bitch. <laughs> that's, that's the exact line. <laughs> that's it. Caught me off guard there. <laughs> Uh, favorite movie dads um, yeah I mean Liam Neeson's a good answer I, I'm trying to think of like a very sentimental dad but nothing's come to mind my, my so go to cool. for this question tends to be Lee, uh, Liam uh, Lawrence Fishburne in Boys in the Hood is uh, Furious Styles he's yeah he, he's I, I, dropping I think, some knowledge I think, it's a, I think it's a great movie dad I think it's a great performance I would say uh, Sean Connery as Indiana Jones dad oh, is a yeah. good one Henry Jones let's Sr. let's go with Darth Vader and, uh, of course, Mr. Incredible. And I will stick in uh, Mulan's dad <laughs> as, I like as, a, okay. as a sweet father at the end. Does he have a name or is he just father? Yeah. Father. Fa- father. Or I assume king. Is he like a king or like an emperor or something? In that? Like, she's no, he's not. He's not the emperor. He's just like a, 
He's just a guy in the yeah. town. Did you not? Did you not watch Mulan? <laughs> I'm trying to remember Mulan now. Wait, who's Mulan in all this? What? I'm just, what? I, are you seriously asking? I thought she's she's not she's not she's not royalty then. She's just like a daughter. He's not, and, no. he's yeah, not, her no. dad yeah. is a soldier, and then uh, she fights with the she, with. He's you know, okay. He's but, a soldier, but he's too he's he too old him. to fight. He's too old yeah, to fight. Old okay, to fight. it's coming yeah. back to me now. It's more of because I got caught up on the whole Mulan's part of Wreck It Ralph's, where it's like, well, she's not really a princess, so why is she here? So I'm like, I got confused in my in, in the mem- remembering Mulan exactly. I, yeah. I guess it was 20 years ago. That movie, so uh, I guess you're forgiven. Well, yeah, I haven't seen it in a minute, but at the same time, should she be involved in the whole Wreck It Ralph thing if she's not really a Disney princess? That's where I was also wondering. Uh, uh, you know, we could go to, we could go like a full hour on how much I hate that scene. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Um, I, by the way, I'm looking at a list here, and uh, Mufasa, he's a good oh, father. Uh, let remember, me see here. Remember who you are, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Vito Corleone. Uh, Corleone? Corleone? Corleone. Uh, no one ever says Corleone. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> also, then, while we're at it, it's Giacchino. G- yeah, I know. I, 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 I knew I mispronounced it when I said it, and I was like, I hope nobody catches that. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Admiral Akbar is a great dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably a terrific father. He's, yeah, he probably is. He, he raised his son right. Um, I'd also like to add Poe's dad. Um, he's a great father. Oh, yeah. Oh, Poe. <laughs> it's pretty good. Had a dream about the noodle, noodles. Uh, next question is, uh, what are your favorite films about raising a baby? Justin has Raising Arizona. Christopher has Three Godfathers, uh, which is the animated movie. Um, Renee has Three Men and a Baby. Richard has Raising Arizona. Tammy has Liquid's Talking. Philip has Children of Men. Lastly, Mike has Superman. Superman. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, so, okay, Superman. I was like, wait, what? All right, I got it. The Superman, the movie. That barely touched upon raising a baby. I was thinking about I was thinking about Superman Returns for a second. I was like, well, there's no baby, but there's a chin. It's like, I got confused. It's okay. Okay, Superman, yeah, with mom, uh, but Bach, Godfathers, I might be wrong about that. I was thinking of Tokyo Godfathers, so. Yeah. What? Yeah. Tokyo Godfather? Yeah, which is like this animated movie. Oh, about, yeah. okay. Which, which maybe Christopher meant, but I don't know. Because Three Godfathers, I looked it up, it's a Western movie. But Tokyo Godfathers... That, that could be a cool Yakuza, Yakuza movie where they do the drifting and stuff. <laughs> could be. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, Luke is talking. I forgot that Bruce Willis was the voice. How do you forget? That that's like the that's like the main thing. What what do you remember about Luke who's talking? Let me go ahead and you that question. John Travolta, John Travolta being like a terrible cab driver. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, that's I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I never seen those movies. That's the whole yeah, gimmick he, of the movie that Bruce Willis is like the Bruce voice of the voice of, of Mikey. Mike, yeah. I saw um, the commercials and I was like, I'm done. I saw the movie. <laughs> I want to. I want to echo Raising Arizona. I think that's a really sweet movie. Uh, by the um, way, Three Godfathers is about three outlaws that find a baby in the desert. Just saying. Hey. All right. So, Christopher, you're right. It's it's a it's a John Wayne movie. <laughs> I was trying to catch up with uh, you with all this nonsense coming out of your mouth. <laughs> this is okay, Choco Godfathers is also about, you know, three adults taking care of a baby. Yeah, no one so. said my answer, which is Baby's Day Out. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> I'm glad nobody said Boss Baby either. Well, that's because that's which, a bad movie. That's different. It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Getting a sequel. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. All right. Next question. Uh, what is our next question? Our next question is, what fictional superhero-filled city would you want to live in? Philip writes, none of them. It's a good way to die horribly. 
<laughs> Manish writes National City. National City. Guess que say. Uh, National City. What? Which one's the Incredibles city? Something like, Municipalburg or something? Yeah, it's like Municipal. Yeah, na- I think na- so. National cities where Supergirl lives. Um, right. Uh, yeah, Mun- Municipalville or whatever is the Incredible city, I believe. That yeah, place seems like it. a death trap. It seems like there's crime every second in that city. <laughs> yeah, but there's like a it. cool monorail. Maglev monorail. Monorails. There's monorails in real life. Stop singing. There's monorails in real life. We don't need a monorail for it. Dope. Not in a real, not in a real city. I don't. I mean, not here, not in this country. You, you, there's Bart. <laughs> you can use the Bart. Yeah, there's there's actually a monorail in Seattle. It doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs> um, do you guys have any other additional superhero filled cities that you might want to partake in? Let me try to think of I the mean, safe ones. Hold on. I mean, Metropolis is kind of just New York, so. Yeah, and it seems like they have their crime under control. Yeah, it seemed pretty nice. Uh, just, I, just, just. Don't oh. go in your alleyways. Yeah, exactly. Which Metropolis are you talking though? Like the, the like older Metropolis when like cities weren't yeah, being destroyed by people. Ones. Yeah, Christopher yeah, yeah, Reeves yeah, Metropolis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm thinking of Christopher Reeves Metropolis. Yeah. yeah, all right, I can deal with that. Yeah. yeah, it's bright, sunny. People just do their thing, and then you know he's there. Like I don't want to go to wherever the hell Green Lantern City is. Um, what is it? <laughs> I don't know. I think that's like uh, up here in the Bay or something like that, right? Coast City. I can't. Remember. It's Coast, Coast City. City. Yeah, because sure. like, like a giant shit cloud voiced by Clancy Brown's going to come after me. I don't want any part of that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrible. Right, movie. I don't want, I don't want any of that at all. <laughs> no, thank you. Get out of here. Shit cloud voiced by Clancy Brown. Um, next question. What are your favorite superhero comic books? Greg writes The Tick, Astro City, Top 10, and All Things X-Men. Jason has Green Lantern, The Flash by Jeff Johns, Batman, The Long Halloween. Uh, Batman Nightfall, Spider-Man Craven's Last Hunt, and lastly, the death of Gwen Stacy. Dennis writes Astro City, Black Science, Velvet, Hawkeye, plus the late 70s and 80s X-Men. Chris has 2001 AD. Judge Dredd is a superhero in my eyes as well. And lastly, Philip has X-Men, Alpha Flight, Daredevil, and New Mutants. I um... Hey, I, w- uh, I, w- I want to go back to the last question. I want to live where yeah. the Wonder Woman Island is. I, I, just, I changed my answer. Therm- Thermoscura? Yeah, I want to live there. Oh, yeah, it's like hidden away from everybody. Do you, you guys have any favorite comic book here? Or, I'm sorry, com- superhero comic books? Uh, you know, I'm I a big... I really read too many of them. You know I'm a big Batman fan. Um, you are. So you read of... almost every issue that has been released. I, I, I like Hush. I have, I have lots of Batman um, that I enjoy. Long Halloween's a good call. That's a, that's a, that's a solid one for sure. Yeah. But um... You know, I don't really read a lot of them, but one of my friends once mentioned to me this comic book called Chew, where it's this cop who can yeah, chew on, yeah, like on chew? something. Yeah. And he gets like, a whole bunch of, like, I guess, uh, he can go into the guy's mind or whatever the case is. It's actually kind of cool. But yeah, the, he, the, really... he, he can use the last thing that, he can find the last thing that person ate, and it leads to a lot of um, knowledge Clues. about 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 cases. And he's Asian, you know? Wasn't, <laughs> yeah, wasn't, wasn't there, like, a TV series or movie that was supposed to be there made? Were, and I just Showtime never... was, right? Showtime was, let me answer some questions. Showtime was working on one for, like, the longest time, and it just never came up, came to be. Um, I'm not Ooh, sure yeah. why exactly. It seems to lend itself pretty well, uh, but no, choose a solid one. Um, I'm a huge Invincible mm. fan. Um, Invincible is a comic book character created by Robert Kirkman. Um, I've been following that. That's been around almost as long as The Walking Dead. Um, so, like a good, geez, 
been reading this for a while, we've got 15 years almost, um, and it's <laughs> actually it's actually ended at this point. I haven't got that far yet because I collect the hardcovers, um, which come out like every six months or so. Um, but I, that's been exciting to dig into because from the ground up, just because as opposed to something like X Men, where you know I was already born by the time there's already tons of X Men out, this yeah. is something I followed from the beginning, and there's like this whole world that's been expanded upon since it's uh, it started. So it's it's really neat yeah. to have kind of been with it from that start point and kind of see all the different branches that it's gone off into um is the last comic about how he makes a philadelphia eagles team and, and scores a touchdown uh no it's not a fictional nonsense story um <laughs> <laughs> mark Wahlberg is not it, listening to our podcast it, anymore it's much more it's much more intriguing got um, it cool so, yeah we move now to the question for the panel today ricardo writes which incredibles power would you have so which one would you guys have out I'm gonna families? get the whole. I, I'm I'm gonna expand it to every superhero in the Incredibles universe that you've seen. Still not that many. Yeah. Shout out I'd to still... shout out to Gazer Beam, by the way. Cool to see I him. Know. What does he do again? He's, he's just got Cyclops. He's got, a, he's got a Gazer Beam. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I'll just probably be Mr. Incredible's powers, but Violet's pretty cool too. Yeah, she got her projectiles now. Well, she, had, she, had, she had it before. She just harnessed it better. Mm-hmm. She, just, she just threw her force fields at people. Hey, can Void, like, void herself? Or can she only void other things? I think she can, like, you know, like, she can go through her own void, I'd imagine. Like she could go through it, yeah. Yeah. Um, like the same with like that, like there's, there's X-Men that do the same thing where they create like a portal and they go through it. You know, it's portal. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's I guess that jeez, I would I would probably go dash because why not? Okay, you got the speed. I like the speed factor. I'm I'm going Jack Jack. Like none of them are flat. Well, I guess <laughs> Jack Jack's just, got everything. You just want that plethora. Yeah, I mean, you, I just I just don't have it under control yet. You just but, want you, you know. just want that you just want the suit that he gets so you can have that lavender, blackberry juice. That you can have. you can eat it. Because <laughs> you're a big slob. <laughs> Yeah, it's an olive one. But you can't you can't eat it all. You eat the ones on that come out on the outside, but you're still filled with that stuff up your Yeah, it, it, I'd have to go back to Edna and ask her to you know do something about it because it feels like it's a waste. What you're asking for is a big straw. Oh, that gosh. too. Well, now Daniel Day Craig is gonna Daniel Day Craig. Daniel Day Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I just combined names. Oh man. Daniel Day Lewis is just drinking my milkshake. Uh, I can't. Anyway. I can't wait for that new Daniel Day Craig movie. There will be Spectre. <laughs> Coming twenty twenty four. Yeah. All right. That was feedback. Yeah. Let's move on now before we get too goofy with this. Let's do some. Let's just start wrapping this up. Let's do a little out now. Well, yeah, let's start wrapping it. Let's do a little out now. Presents what's out now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu ray and DVD uh, this week. And um, first up, we have Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah, I, I liked it. I had fun. I had. I enjoyed it. A lot it'll, of people are dissing it. It'll look good on the... I got it, too, by the way. I got the the Blu-ray for review. It'll probably look great on my TV, that's for sure. The chemistry uh, between uh, Boyega and... Uh, I forget her. The actress's name is, is very fun. Carly Spano or something like that? Uh, Sounds about right. Anyway. Um, Unsane. This is the Soderbergh film shot on iPhone. Haven't seen it, but you said it was uh, interesting. I was a fan. I, I enjoyed it. Should, it should be called iSane. Clever, clever. <laughs> uh, Midnight Sun. I think this is What's another. What's that one? This is. I think it's one of the Warner Brothers. Another Warner Brothers rom rom drom. I believe it had. Okay. I think it, it's the one that had sh- oh, the Schwarzenegger's ooh. kid, Patrick Schwarzenegger. 
It's the one where she can only go out at night. It's a ja- it's it's a remake of a Japanese movie. She can only go out. At- What's with these? Like, what was the last one we talked about with Bar- when Maxwell was really champion? It was like every day or whatever. Now now she can't come out at night. What's that? Oh, mean? is that the one? Is that the one with the roof from? Uh, yeah, that the was. Previous one was- yeah, where she she's allergic to sunlight or something. Like that. No, no, no. That was the that was the that's from like last year, like every day, every day or something like that. No, the one that <laughs> the one was like to, to like they take a new body every day or something like that. Regardless, now this one's midnight know. sun. You can't you can't go out in the sun. That's the premise of this. That's this. She's one. allergic to the sun. She's gonna die. A seventeen year old girl suffers from a condition that prevents her from being out in the sun. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna have like a terrible I, I would, marathon of I all these see, movies one day. <laughs> I would say watch the Japanese version. I think the Japanese version is probably better. Uh, let's see. Okay. Well, that's that. Uh, Night of the Lepus, <laughs> moving moving on, uh, from Shout Factory this week. That's an old horror movie. Uh, sure. Yeah. Let's see. Under Capricorn. Uh, this is an old Hitchcock film from Kino. That's out on Blu-ray this week. Okay. And uh, lastly, on uh, Criterion this week, we have El Sur and Bowling for Columbine, both on a, both on a Criterion collection. This I week. don't know what El Sur is, but Bowling for Columbine was uh, one of my favorite documentaries from that year. Yeah, the, uh, Mac, the Michael Moore documentary that won him an Oscar, another Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Elser, and that's like, a, yeah, it's an obscure one, and everything's moving way too slow for me today as far as I'm trying to like look up stuff. The computer is just like going really it's slow. It's not the computer, I'm just doing like, I'm doing things very fast. Um, regardless, those are on Criterion. That's what's, out, that's what's out now this week. Let's move on to Extremely Cool. These are things that are streaming now this week on uh, Netflix and Prime. First up on Netflix, we have Step Up to the Streets. Oh, okay. Uh, from the director of Crazy Rich Asians, Step Into the Streets. It is the third best Step Up movie, so there you go. There you go. Out of a series that has th- three really good Step Up movies, so, you know. And and uh, now a seemingly TV show on YouTube Red. Oh, yeah, that's right. They do have a show. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's up there. Let's see. Set It Up. Um, it's a new Netflix um, original that has... Um, what's the guy's name? Um... Oh God! Um, great, great description. No, it's the guy. It's one of the guys in Everybody Wants Some, um, who I uh, who I really liked. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Uh, Glenn Powell. Glenn, yeah, Glenn Powell and uh, Zoe Dutch. They're the stars of this one. That's weird because uh, they're both in Everybody Wants Some. I know exactly. That's why I was trying to think of it because <laughs> they're both yeah. they're both in that Glenn movie. Glenn Powell. He also played uh, Buzz Aldrin, I think. In uh, he was in Hidden in, Figures. Yeah. Hidden Figures. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Imaginarian of Dr. Parnassus is on Netflix. I just really like saying that title, which is the only reason I wrote it down. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's a fun one to write. Uh, Voltron, Legendary Defender, Season 6 uh, is now on Netflix. Kudos on a Season 6. Yeah. Um, I've been wanting to watch that because it's from the people that made um, Avatar and Korra. Uh, it's that same like. Oh. It's that same team, that same animation team. So I, I James, been... James Cameron? No. <laughs> yeah, Avatar and, 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 uh, and Korra from James Cameron. Korra? I just yeah. want to that Glenn Powell played uh he played John Glenn, not Buzz Aldrin, my mistake. Yeah. I I, I recognize you were wrong, but was moving too quickly to want to correct you. I just wanted to keep yeah. going. <laughs> let's go, let's go. Uh and lastly, In Bruges is on Netflix as well. Which is just a great yeah, movie. See it. Yeah. On it Prime this no, week. That was, yeah. yeah. On Prime this week, uh Goliath season two. This is the uh, Billy Bob Thornton uh police uh drama. Um I've heard good things. I believe it's I, a, I believe it's a David E. Kelly show. Uh, next week, next week we're talking Jurassic World: colon, The Fallen Kingdom. Hey, right. the uh, upcoming sequel 
and fifth film in the Jurassic Park series, a series that's only given us great sequels, so we might as well criticize, we might as, might as well always match them <laughs> up to Jurassic Park and the sequels because they're all just as good as the last one, right? Right? That's how we think of Jurassic Park sequels, right? Mm-hmm. They're we all, can't they're all, they're all classics. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, that's how because we we seem to treat Jurassic World so seriously as if the Lost World and Jurassic Park three were you know the best films ever as well as Jurassic Park. So I mean, it just makes sense. Mm. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking I'll forward to it. it. I like Jurassic World. I'm looking forward to a sequel. I like J.A. Bayona. I have no reason not to look forward to this. I do like J.A. Bayona. He's done some some stuff that I'm, I'm I won't rewatch. <laughs> I bought a I bought a lot of dinosaurs that Mattel has made. They're doing they? a great job. Dino damage. Yeah, uh, dino no, damage. The, you know, some of them do, and they're exclusive to like Walmart, I think, but. Okay. You, know, you remember the uh, commercials for the toys when Jurassic Park was coming out? It emphasized the fact that there was dino damage. Dino damage! I do remember that. Yeah, that We're old. That was good stuff. I wasn't into those toys back then, but yeah, I, I'm into sucked. the new ones. Okay. <laughs> good. Yeah. I like... <laughs> That's like another conversation we should have later. Just like toys from the Jurassic Park. We should have that next week. Yeah. All right. Last thing we do here. What should people go and see now? And what do you plan to see next? David, what should people see in theaters right now? Right now, Incredibles 2 and Solo, if you haven't seen it. (laughs) Still going to flop, but you should see it. It's a lot of fun. And next up is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Abe? Yeah, Incredibles 2, or if you haven't seen it yet, Avengers Infinity War. And next, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, Yeah, I would say Incredibles 2 is certainly good, good fun. Um, I think Hereditary is pretty great. Um, First Reformed is out there in limited release as well. That's solid. Yeah. Uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor is wonderful, and that's out in theaters also, so you should see that. Um, next, I am seeing Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I'm also seeing uh, Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot this week, the new Gus Van Sant film with uh, Joaquin Phoenix oh, yeah. and Jonah Hill. Right. Dramatic, sorry, dramatic star Jonah Hill. Two-time Academy Award-nominated actor Jonah Hill. What's the second one for? Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. Okay. Somehow. What was the first one nominated? Moneyball. Yeah. Oh, I forgot he was in that. God, he was in that. <laughs> you shouldn't. He's very big at it. Um, he's, he's a big presence. Uh, Wait, is that a fat No, he's a big yeah. presence. He's a big presence in it. Oh, oh okay. He's, right. like, he's co-lead. Aaron. Yeah, he he's co-lead in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. To, <laughs> to, shouting? to his credit, like that that was like the last like big movie he was in before he like like really shrunk down for Twenty One Jump Street, but I mean, yes, he's a he's, I mean, he's a big presence in the movie. Wait, wait, is that still a, is that a fat joke? No, too? I'm just saying. No, like he literally oh. shrunk down for Twenty One Jump Street. Like there, there, that's not. There's no. He, he lost weight. Or? There's there's no joke there. I'm just stating fact that yes, he did lose a lot of weight in between those movies. But yes, he is a big role in Moneyball just because he's the second. Yeah, he's yeah. co lead in the movie. Second bill. Jonah, but he's Jonah, also, come do this. But he's also co lead in Twenty One Jump Street. Yes, but I made no joke. I'm just saying, yes, he did, did because you referenced the fact that he was larger. I'm referencing the fact that he was much, he was much, you know, smaller. I, I didn't bring up the fact that he was larger. You, you did. did. What are you talking about? <laughs> the listeners will let us know who's right. I can figure it out right now because I'm editing this episode. So there. <laughs> oh, you're gonna control the narrative. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Todd's always right, as we've established previously. All right. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. All my reviews and everything I do can be found over there. You can also find me writing um, my main film reviews over at weliveentertainment.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? 
You can find more fun stuff over at my Instagram, abemua.jpg, or twitter.com slash walrusmoose, hashtag create a dinosaur. And uh, Aaron, thank you for uh, the Sub640 uh, shout-out mentioned. Uh, Sub640, the other podcast where we uh, talk about sports and uh, some things pop culture. Wouldn't it have been easier to just do abemua.jpg? That's easier to say than jpg. People, some people think that it's jpeg, j-p-e-g. Yeah. Yeah, so I gotta clarify Good, that. I, I mean, it just, it Good just, point. It'd just be easier to say JPEG instead of JPG. That's true. That's I, true. I think, I think it'd just that be. JPEG. I mean, you I, already. I think people. You already changed it once from Oakley to Oakley. I think adding the E would be that hard. <laughs> it seems like it's, it's pretty straight. I mean, Twitter, it's a whole hassle when you change your name like that. Like, you know, but you know, the Instagram is pretty. It's pretty simple. Because I just want to say, yeah, follow Abe. He's at JPEG, but I can't say that because you don't have it. You have it annoyingly as JPG. It's just. It's... I think people will be hung up on spelling your last name. M O U A. Three vowels and a, and a consonant. Mean, granted, I've known Abe for, geez, going on 20 years. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, it's never, I've never felt it to be a difficult thing. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, but people listening is like, wait, is there an H in there? No, uh, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> point. I did just get a wedding invite with an H in my last name, and I was like, I don't know how that came about. I told him to do that just so you could learn this. You, you are new as you, David. David, where can you find wherever your work online? Uh, EndorExpress.net is where you can find all my theme park Star Wars stuff. The most recent article is ranking all 20 Pixar movies. And you can follow me uh, follow me on Instagram, EndorExpress, or Coyote Boy, or Enchanted Tiki Bar. Take your pick. All right. You should tease people to read that article by saying Inside Out's the one you rank the least. Well, actually, I moved it. But I moved good no, stick with stick now. with mine. Stick with mine. Mine's better. Don't don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you, okay, tease it yeah. by saying see why he see why I wrote it to have Inside Out as one of the lowest ranking Pixar films. That'll get people going. Yes, you're uh, right. And we'll have more after this break. Now, before we wrap up, I like to I'd like to think that we can do one more thing before um we get to the the end credits here. The Are end we credits, singing it, the song that never ends? No, we'll talk about Bow. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. We, Actually, see, see uh, the listeners that why we skipped over it. The listeners that stuck around for all this, they get to hear our thoughts on Bow now. Bow now. Yeah. Bow, bow now. So this is of course the uh, short film that uh, arrives right before Incredibles two starts. Yeah. Um, David, what what do you think of Bow? I really loved it. It was cute. It was adorable. And uh, although carrots and peas and the dumplings, I don't know about that. <laughs> see that? Hashtag not my yeah. dumpling. And I was like, that, that must be a, a Chinese-Canadian thing because the, the creator be. of the film, is she's Chinese-Canadian. Mm-hmm. This is uh, the, the first uh, Pixar short directed by a woman. Yes, and also then, yeah. Asian-American. Yeah. Did you like Bao? <laughs> I, I did enjoy Bao. I think that, that it was actually... Um, uh, it was a really sweet story, especially for those who are, uh, I guess, first-generation... Um, Asian immigrant parents kind of thing, or with first first generation children, I should say. Um, and it was it was, I think that there was some some shock with what what happens in the short um, at a certain point, but I understood it and I got it, and it was very very sweet and and uh, what you might call it. Uh, I know that it kind of probably uh, had some some serious uh, personal uh, uh, feelings attached to it. I will say though that I had like some boneheads in the viewing and they really ruined the sentimental moments when Bao was playing. And I was just like, I never want to watch movies with a, a wide range of audience again. So it, it's kind of unfortunate because there was just like, you know, extended laughter and kind of like extended um, 
pointing out at, at certain elements of obviously this battle coming to life, which is a metaphor kind of thing. And it's like, you know, you guys are really ruining the effect here for me and for some other folks. But on the whole, I, I really enjoyed the sentiments behind the short. Here's a, here's a question, serious question, Abe. So yeah. how, how big, when, when you know, the, the moment in the short finally happens where you just like, you're kind of shocked. Did, the, did your theater laugh or was it more of like a shock? I'm curious. Um, it was, uh, they, they did laugh, but, and it was kind of like, it wasn't a nervous laughter. It was kind of just more of like a, a heartfelt laughter because, uh, you know, it is, it is very shocking, but at the same time, I think that if you were smart enough to know where the story, like what, what the story is representing, then you kind of know that it's obviously not what, what you're seeing on the screen I mean, literally. Also, I, to, to speak to my thoughts on it, specifically yeah. to that point, like that was, that might be the biggest like mix of laugh and shock I've ever gotten at, like the, at the same time. Yeah, for something like this, where it's like, yes, it's funny, but it also is shocking, and it really plays well because I'm so, I'm so into the kind of this little magical story being told as far as what's taking place with this dumpling child, and obviously yeah. I'm not trying to take it literally, but it's hard to separate that while I'm like caught up in the moment of all this. So it's like, oh boy, that took a turn. Um, so it's <laughs> like, yeah, no, I was, I was, I bought into it for sure as far as what was happening and the emotion involved with it. I, I felt in for you know a film that's what like six minutes. I was certainly invested, um, and you know everything that took place. So you know, I thought I thought right. it was very yeah. well done. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. I, was a uh, I have a question: What I, do you guys I, feel I, about the official hair? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Please continue. Well, I just want to say, like, some of these shorts that are more, something like Sanjay's Super Team, where, like, obviously there's a lot of kind of autobiographical elements going on here, um, regardless of how, you know, obviously it's, you know, not completely autobiographical because the, um, the, the director is, is, you know, a woman versus Bao, which just seems like a, you know, a male character. So it's like, regardless, I some of these work more than others to me where like I thought Sanjay's super team, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't one of my favorite ones. I think bow is much more effective as far as not just being like, you know, something that's not necessarily throwaway, but nothing that seems entirely connected to somebody who somebody is like, I don't know, Piper, for example, yeah. like this for this one, I, I really felt, I did feel, I could get like a touching feeling from the idea of someone telling like a story that, you know, came from where they come from and whatnot and mixed with the animation and the humor and the music and all that. So I was, I was Yeah. Like, I, I think, I think, yeah, to your, to your point, I think food transcends a lot of, a lot mm-hmm. of things. And we're, in, we're living in a culture where all this food that was kind of like foreign when I was a kid is now totally accepted. Mm-hmm. And I think with Su- Sanjay's super team, I think there's a lot of very, very specifically cultural elements that I really just not aware of. And mm-hmm. And so that's all new to me. It was still entertaining, but yeah, you're right. It just I, it didn't hit me as hard as this one did. Yeah, for sure. And, and I certainly and, like Sanjay. I like uh, I, I I look forward to seeing more work from Sanjay Patel, the director behind it. You know, the writer director behind it and whatnot. Right. Oh, and, I don't think he's at Pixar anymore, but yeah. But I yeah, can anyway. I can still look forward to work from him. Oh, he's part of Warner Brothers Animation now. Never mind. Oh. I don't like whatever. <laughs> Nothing will get released. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where he is now, but I, I don't think he enjoyed working at Pixar. Okay. That's an inside scoop there. Maybe. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just speaking on my ass. But, uh, um, but yeah, I really, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely felt the sentimentality. Um, and again, I think the animation is, is terrific. Um, it actually kind of felt like at times they were in San Francisco, but I know that it probably was not San Francisco. I was just looking at <laughs> 
the it bus was, and it, also like it was Oakland. where they were in Chinatown. It kind of just reminded me of Sunspots in San Francisco. Yeah. Abe, you had a question earlier that we cut you I, off. Yeah, I had a question about what you guys thought about the facial hair. Um, uh, in On the dumpling or the kid? On the dumpling and the kid, both of them. Uh, pro I mean, dumpling, really not kid. Funny. Yeah, pro, pro <laughs> dumpling, kid could shave it off. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in that boat. Too. I mean, he's married now. He's got to, you know. Yeah, go I was up. like, at a certain point, you got to really, you got to just shave it up, man. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, wait a minute, you're like I, engaged now? Come on. I think I think that was there to help us realize that he's not a kid because it could be like with with clean shavings. Like, is he 12 or is he 30? I don't know. <laughs> you know, Good. with these caricatures. Touché. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm glad that his like gig is like a moon is a as a cover band for Smash Mouth is going so well. Like that's that's great for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If the songs that are bookending this week are from Smash Mouth, I'm gonna throw this episode out the window. <laughs> and fortunately, Michael Giacchino has provided us perfect songs to use for bookend and open this episode this week. So don't worry about it. All right. All right. All right. With, with all that said, thank you, David, for joining us this week. Thank you, David. Oh, thank you guys for having me, as always. You can uh, find all the other episodes about Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and Audioboom. HHWLED, SoundCloud, or Podomatic. Email us, outnowpodcast at gmail.com. We have our contest going. Create a dinosaur. Do it. Create a dinosaur. Send us dinosaurs. Send us your submissions. Yeah, send us your submissions. Facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or Twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. Uh, feel free to, of course, send plenty of gifts of The Incredibles doing incredible things over at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. And, uh, yeah, uh, thanks again, David. Thank you, Todd, earlier for joining us as well to talk about Incredibles 2. Uh, thank the listeners as well for, you know, listening in and all this. This has all been a lot of fun iTunes. this week. Star ratings. Yeah, iTunes. Yes, please, subscribe. Our iTunes reviews and ratings. It'd be great to get all these things. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about dinosaurs next week. But until then, so long. And goodbye. Here comes Is Euro Disney going? Is that that's still a thing, right? That's it's well, no, Euro Disney is not. Disneyland Paris is. Okay, I don't know what it's called. Okay, so Disneyland Paris. <laughs> I I just I never see I never see reference to it, so I'm like, this clearly must be like the worst of the Disney parks, right? That just... no, well, no, well, no, no, but the Disney just this past year officially bought the whole thing, so hmm. it's it's they no bought Paris. Be, they bought they no, did. They bought, yeah. they bought all of Disneyland Paris. As, as a theme park, so now it's no longer going to be the, the stepchild that it always has been, because Aaron, you're right, to your 
you know, it's not been talked about a lot from the company standpoint, but they are now massively investing in it. So okay, I was curious because I was like, yeah. Anna, Anna and I were talking about Disneyland the other day. I was like, how come no one ever talks about the Euro Disney Park? It's like I, I know it, I know <laughs> yeah. it exists. Like I know it's out there. Is it like is yeah. it just like awful? That's been <laughs> like... the most the, the most troubled one. At... As far as business goes. Yeah, I recall that. I recall, like, when it first opened, it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, a big thing in the same way that other yeah. Disney parks had been. So I was yeah. so, but, And I figured, I'll, yeah, be, I'll getting, be talking to you in a few days, so I'll yeah. probably get the scoop that way. So now I know. Yeah, but their their park, their second park is getting a three-land expansion with Marvel, Frozen, and Star Wars all at the same time. Heard of those. Frozen. Yeah. Hey. You get to go <laughs> to, um, what's it called? What's their, what's their, what's the country? <laughs> Whatever. Svet, Svetlandia or whatever. Uh, Arendelle. Arendelle. Yeah, I was like, I know it sounds like me. That's what I, that's what I was going by. It's like it sounds like me. <laughs> All right. It's it's Pretty a boring cool. version of Aaron. Arendelle. <laughs> there you go. And now I'll never forget it. There, yep. That's the way. <laughs> All right. Um, All right let's do this. 